yeah, we need to talk. But what do we have to talk about? Why now? Because we haven't talked at all for so long. Your Aunt May and I don't even know who you are anymore. You shirk your chores. You, you have all those weird experiments in, in, your, in your room. You, you start fights at school. We I don't didn't know. start that fight. I told you that. Yeah, but you sure as hell finished. What was I supposed to do, run away? No, no, you're not supposed to run away, but remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Are you afraid that I'm gonna turn into some kind of criminal? Quit worrying about me, okay? Something's different, I'll figure it out. Stop lecturing me, please. I don't mean to lecture and I don't mean to preach. And I know I'm not your father. Then stop pretending to be. Flentayo. It's me, as always, the true outlaw of comics, the really the last working old school pro, uh, except for Phil Hester. And with me, as always, it's, you know, the Prince of Puerto Rico, Daniel Ibizarri. <laughs> the future, the digital future, man. <laughs> the digital future, man. How's it going? And with us this week, we have a very special guest. I actually never, never spoken to her, but I follow her on Twitter for a long time and... You know, we needed a guest this week, so um, she is a reviewer for different, uh, like, comic comic uh, review sites, I guess, or, like, you know, journalism sites, things I look down upon, really. Um, panel X, Panel, <laughs> Multiversity. What was the other one? Uh, Shelf Dust, which is a fun one. Shelf Dust, yeah. I, I knew I was going to forget it if, when, I started ranting, when I started going off. But, uh, yeah, so um, I... I uh, we had been talking about her doing the show for a while and I didn't know what to talk about. And then we, we were just talking and you would suggest, well, I said, what about something Mark Miller? Because, you know, I don't want to go OD on Grant Morris and there's too much there, Yeah, but I feel like there's no, I can never talk enough about Mark Miller. Cause he's such a fascinating, weird dude. There's just more content in it. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody can have like fan casts to, uh, Grant Morrison. That's easy. I want to do real examination into Mark Miller stuff because you know he's kind of he was kind of on the top hard for a little bit. He was like the main guy in comics. But we talked about it, and you said Ultimates, and I was just like, I'm, I'm kind of I don't want to talk about Captain America anymore. Yeah, I'm sick of him. That's he's fair. fucking. You know, it's Donald Trump's America is over. Joe Biden's America. We're looking for the next. Not thing. even with the and the George W. Bush cameo. <laughs> Even with the George W. Bush cameo. So I said, what about what came right after Ultimates, which was his book from 2000... What year was this? Like 2003? Uh, oh, God. I didn't even check. Oh, we should also yeah. tell people my name, uh, which is... I was going to. I was going to. Go, uh, so we just talked about uh, the 2000, I think, three book, Trouble. Ramon just really gets into the intro. <laughs> Listen, the intro is where I get to shine. Just bringing up your name. I'm just, I'm just a glory hog. I need I need people to know I need to market myself. We'll get there. 
<laughs> if you keep this up, I'll wait till the very end of the thing before we say your name. <laughs> it's going to be like Mandy, where the, the title card's an hour and a half into the movie. Thanks yeah. for joining us, August, for real. Thank this you. This was a very impromptu, and uh, we have a couple of things couple of things planned and are you, you are you walking over my intro right now uh no i'm just i'm just he's still interrupting he keeps interrupting you keep you heard about the interrupting i did i've actually been listening to the podcast for the past week or so uh oh no i'm i'm so now you're experiencing his interrupting in real time yeah it's uncomfortable it's toxic I, I i see where you're coming from he's always stepping on trans voices and i'm always telling him <laughs> that's toxic don't do that I, I've I've told Ramon before that if if I'm ever interrupting, it's because I legitimately think my point of view is just more important at the moment. That's fair. Uh, and... If anyone knows my brand on Twitter, it is that I think I can shout louder than you. So I'm 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 in the same camp. Essentially, I'm like the runt of the litter that needs to step on the other dogs just to get a little bit of milk off the teat. So this week we talked about uh, the 2003 Marvel epic comic Trouble. By Mark Miller, Terry Dodson, and Rachel Donson, and we're joined, of course, the illustrious at Wake of Dawn on Twitter, August Wake of Dawn. Thank you very much. I, I'm I'm used to podcast appearances. I'm on going awry, so um, maybe that's why I have a terrible brand on Twitter because I just create chaos wherever I go. You do really like to create chaos. You're one of you're like a Twitter troll, kind of like, but so am I. So I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. I I do but... like, I it has gotten worse since I've started following you because I've had the I, you were like the inspiration of like, oh, you can just say shit and get away with it. <laughs> this well, is, hey, this is that's Ramon's terrible influence. No, everybody I used to be thinks... such a nice boy. I used to be such a nice boy before I met Ramon. Everybody thinks that my whole thing is that I just want to like, I'm a firebrand, and you could just talk shit to whoever. I'm very responsible with how I do that. Yeah. And not everybody can pull it off. Uh, Ramon's very responsible, but then he'll be like, hey, hey, Daniel, wouldn't it be funny if, if you just uh, grab a cop's gun? <laughs> and and I take it seriously. I don't know that Ramon's kidding. And that's that he ends up getting everyone else in trouble. So I mean, August, no. meanwhile, my Twitter uh, profile name has been bomb the White House in Minecraft for about the past in week. In Minecraft. Yeah. In Minecraft. In Minecraft. Very, yeah, we need to specify very... and say it out loud. It's, it's yeah, in, yeah. Minecraft. in Minecraft. You, you build a scale model of the White House in Minecraft and you blow it with TNT. Yes. Which is a fun suggestion. I could never get that good at Minecraft building. Yeah, no, that would take forever. It would probably be quicker to do it to the real thing. <laughs> Me and uh, Tamara and... Uh, some friends of ours, we had a Minecraft server, and I just built a giant dirt tower to as high as I could, and it was just like a death trap, like, trying to get up and down that thing. Eventually, I put, like, some waterfalls, and then, uh, then I kind of, like, uh, searched out on my own. Well, actually, not really that much on my own. I went by my friend. He had built a brick house, like, a nice brick house in a different biome, and I covered it in rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I built a dirt tower to look down on it, but the second dirt tower was like a true spectacle. This one had like different layers. This one had like a chicken room. It it was pretty spectacular. And then I built a giant inverted pyramid. I really I really me and uh but like I would always build it out of the roughest materials. It always looked like shit, but it was, you know, mag big glorious things, you know. And and then you'll never touch Minecraft again. I'm the exact same way. <laughs> it was just to honor my myself and, you know, my spirit. 
But uh, yeah, so we're talking about trouble this week. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's the whole comic thing. It's not just the Minecraft podcast. I mean, we yeah. If if we did a Minecraft Minecraft podcast without Tamra, she'd be fucking pissed. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, anyways, trouble, trouble, trouble. So a little bit about this book. It was the book that Marvel put out after Ultimates, and it was Mark Millar. Just like I think it was like him just taking a um. Like a like a heat check. You know what that is? Uh, not really. I I I should specify to the listeners that I am Scottish and I. I... Is this like a vibe check? In basketball, if a player is has this like is just hitting every shot, then they'll just take a couple stupid ones just to see what happens. <laughs> like like Steph Curry will like hit a couple shots, good form, you know, good balance, everything, and then he'll just like run and throw one from half court. Like like fuck, maybe everything I throw up will go in. <laughs> That seemed what, like, he adjusted Ultimate, he did Ultimate X-Men, uh, he had a, he had a few, he had a run on the Authority, he was like, he was, yeah, makes, makes he was sense. peaking. Yeah, so then he was this like, is, this is pre-Kick-Ass Miller as well, this is like, right. before he's transitioned into making comics in order for them to be movie pitches, this is back right, when he right. was like, no, I legit want to be like a comic book writer and put out good stuff. Yeah, we're like, you know, it, to me, it doesn't seem that indifferent to Kick-Ass. It's just less violent or whatever. Mm. But it's, the idea was, Marvel was like, we should bring back romance comics. And the epic line was supposed to be a thing where it was, like, creator-owned. But, it like, this wasn't specifically. Like, I read an interview that he did at the time, and they were like, oh, is this, uh, is this like, a creator-owned thing? And he was like, no, this is all Marvel. But I'm just doing it because I think it would, like, I want to bring back romance comics. Which I actually think is a good idea, and they've they've keep kind of trying it every so often, and none of it sticks. But I, I think there's there's something to that. The the fact that this is Mark Miller's idea of romance comics, though, <laughs> yeah, leaves a lot leaves a lot to be said. Yeah, like this isn't about sweethearts. This isn't the book, as far as I can tell, was not received well. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I actually mentioned that we were we were talking about this comic to my friend Hannah this morning, and she doesn't really give a shit about comic books outside of like my friendship with her, like whatever kind of spills over into what we talk about. Sure. And even she knew about this comic, <laughs> um, just because of the controversy around it. At the time. Yeah, so like the reputation, I think, does quite uh, precede it. Yeah, so the idea was. We already we already know about Spider Man. We already know how he came to be, but like, do we really like? What if we go back maybe sixteen years before he was born? This what is a was secret that origins like? book? What's that? This is a secret origins book. That's right. It's the secret and, origins uh, of the secret origins. It's like it's not even like let's go back to like the moment that the sperm and egg touch. It's like let's go back to the moment where his parents meet for the first time. It goes. Like, as far back as it could possibly go. Yeah, unless it was, like, those parents being born. But the <laughs> yeah. idea is, like, yeah, like, we already saw episode one. People wasn't well-received. Nobody wanted to see Darth Vader as a kid. But would we have wanted to see his mom fuck whoever she fucked? A little mm -hmm. bit. <laughs> Mark Miller clearly wanted to see Peter Parker's parents fuck and Aunt May and Uncle Ben fuck because they do it a lot. They do it the a, book... <laughs> a lot. There's this... like uh in, in a lot of like Aaron Sorkin things they'll do like walk and talks where they're just like walking down to like ex, you know get out like exposition yeah. and in this talks. instead of doing a walk and talk they'll just like fuck and then lay in bed and just be like 
So, anyways, here's what I, here's what my life was like. Yeah, most of the most of the exposition of this book is like pillow talk. Yeah, it's, it's... yeah, it's. I was actually thinking more of like it's less a romance comic, even though that was what it was intended to relaunch, and more like a raunchy teen sex comedy. Yeah, it yeah. has more so in line actually... with American Pie than it does. That's so funny like you say that because I have a friend named Brian who colored the last two issues of this book. And actually, uh, my editor for my current book was an assistant editor on this. So I was like, fuck, I wish I would have known him. We were talking about this before, like, our last call. I would have asked him all about it. But uh, I was like, you know, Brian, what was it like to work on, you know, this uh, this book, uh, Trouble? And he was like, well, you know, I filled in because the, the colorist left after three issues, the first one. And he was just like, just really just like doing what the other dude did, like used his same brushes and everything. But he was like, they they told me it was supposed to be Mark Millar's American Pie. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, like, word for word, that's what it was. And I wonder if you reading this as a Scottish person, you're like, this is exactly what American teens are like. Oh, 100%. This is... <laughs> because me, as an American teen, was like, what fucking psycho thinks this is what American yes. teens are like? Scottish people, this is what you guys look like to us. <laughs> This is this is totally like the entire book I'm reading it going like what world what planet does this come from like I, there's a there, sometimes on a Chapo Trap House they'll talk about movies and they'll say it's it's like written like a dog writing it like it doesn't know what humans do but mm-hmm. but like it kind of like if if you had a dog you gave a dog a typewriter it was like okay tell me what these people are up to this would be like what it came out with that's what I felt like reading this book I felt like. I don't think anybody in real life would act like this unless they just had a very low opinion of Americans. <laughs> yeah, See, it, it really feels like an alien's perspective of America entirely through like American movies. Yes, yeah, this is this is what I what I what is one of my favorite tropes of foreign movies, but made into a whole book. Like that trope, the trope is like in foreign movies, whenever you have an American character. It is that country's distillation of what an American should be. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and you'll see Chinese movies where they'll have an American and that's the bad guy. He's like the rough and tough military bad guy because that's America's reputation. And this is Mark Miller uh, like fanficking. <laughs> His own like fast times at Richmond High. Yeah. That, um, it's exactly that was the exact comp that I did because there's an abortion scene and I'm just like, so this motherfucker watched Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Porky's, and like American yes. Pie. Porky's is was exactly like, what I was ex- thinking as well. And like dazed and confused, and he just like put it in a blender, and then was like, and then make it Spider Man. <laughs> I think like because I, I I say this to you before Ramon, like I I actually enjoyed quite a lot of this comic i did too i can't lie like in the beginning i'm like rolling my eyes but as i'm going i'm like all right what's happening next like i couldn't put it down like i think there's something quite kind of uh uh, interesting to the weird melodrama of the comic that i genuinely think if this wasn't spider-man related and they had just made like their own pastiche of like raunchy 80s kind of teen sex comedies but as a comic, it right. would not have like the reception it did. It was, I think, really what held it back was just like at the very end being like, "Oh yeah," and the kid they made goes on to be Spider Man. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, there wouldn't have been like a revolt, like a 2003 internet forum revolt. Yeah, it would have like, just been like that was feels, weird, but like, that was fun. We'll get to it eventually, but it feels tacked on at the end of the comic anyway. It super is, yeah. Like, but except for except for uh, like, well, we we just start getting into it. So the book starts out. Well, first of all, we have to talk about the cover. Oh god, uh, the covers. The cover is the worst thing about it. The cover I, is so crazy. And it was it caused a huge controversy at the time, and that's all that is known. About, like everything inside of it, yes. nobody knows about. This is the first time I found out that it was Terry and and, and Rachel Dodson <laughs> drawing it. This was the first time I've ever seen interior art of the book. Was actually like sitting down to read it. As a fan, you could have told me the whole thing was made of pictures, and I would have been like, "Yeah, okay, that oh, makes that sense." That would have been so good. A fumetti, a fumetti with these. Well, that would have been crazy though, because the ca- the characters on the cover on the first issue are. Uh, May and Mary, but they're but the, they look nothing like the art this of is, Terry Dodson either. This is the right. Hilton twins or like it, the Hilton sisters. It looked of... more like Disney Channel, like uh, Lizzie McGuire and what's her face, the redheaded one, Lindsay Lohan, like in that era. Yeah, like it looked it looked more like them, but like younger versions. As an adult, I'm incredibly uncomfortable looking at this. This one hundred percent. Like, I this, feel like I'm getting in trouble for looking at it. Not just because I'm 30, but because if I was 18, I'd be like, these are 12-year-olds. They don't look adult. Yeah, they, they I think it's because they don't have any makeup young on. To be in bikinis yeah. on the cover of a, of a magazine. It just, it, it doesn't make sense considering how every woman in comics was drawn in 2003. Yeah. <laughs> like, you think about where comics look. Like, you look at inside this book. Like, every woman is like a Victoria's Secret model, but the cover art, the cover models they got for this, it would have been totally fine if they would have just had 25-year-old like women yeah. that were like overly sexed up, like America's Next Top Model, you know, season one winners, if they would have been the models on it. Or even it like been... get Terry Dodson to do like a trashy, like cheesecake cover with fucking young Aunt May from Spider-Man. Like, even, well, I mean, that would have been awesome. Even that's, like, more palatable than this weird, like, non-score shit going on. <laughs> the, the... Did you say non-score? Yeah. Non-score oh. is... Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's something I think me and my boyfriend wow. came up with to describe... It just blew my mind. Like, media that feels kind of intentionally or not baiting mm-hmm. pedophiles. And this... I'm getting That's a crazy. big bang of that off of this. <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy as hell because, like I said, they, they're so young looking and they're just like on the cover with like bikinis, mm-hmm. like alluring. It looks more like Lolita. It's than, a Lolita. Like, it, it does. Like they're giving like fuck me eyes to the camera. Yeah, but they're 12. The cover, like each issue of, uh, of this book has a different photo from like the photo shoot or whatever yeah like it's not just like it's they took a series of photo shoots of these girls in different bikinis and like the <laughs> my favorite is the fourth cover because there's it's like a weird oh, the guy yeah it's the one that has the guy in it yeah, it's like a it's double like a double images. image meme it is like the stock image meme. In fact, after this, we should rip that and we should start making memes of it because that's hilarious. We, that's, yeah, we're 100% sure. <laughs> yeah, as soon as we're done with this, we should all three dedicate And the it. guy's dead, dead eye reaction He's just in like, both oh, pictures. no. Because people aren't going to listen to this until after we've done that. So it's, it's stealth marketing for the episodes. We're really bringing Absolutely. out trouble 
out from like the 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 closet or the rehabilitating it we're like a late career push i want people to know actually that trouble was a banger and (laughs) they they should read this book but actually about the cover real quick because i had to know like what the fuck were they thinking was can i see anything about this um and here's here's i'm gonna i'm gonna read it it's problematic please tell me these girls are still alive because i don't know what happened to the girls but i found a i found an interview with the pulse that they did with mark miller and i this is all that i know about this is all that i know about it right uh and, and also like this interview i read it he talks about like different reality shows so he knew what he was doing like he knew the era, like yeah, it like reads as like early two thousands MTV uh, reality TV show, like yeah. Fox reality TV, and I love that. That's my favorite era of reality TV, where it was like complete gutter trash. Like people didn't have real contracts, so you could kind of just make them do whatever you want and <laughs> put it on TV. It was the most exploitive era in television, including like all the like thirty shit, where like people were like literally selling themselves into slavery. It's like, did you ever see that? Um, I think it was. A uh, million dollar man kind of yeah. segment and yeah, like, Joe Millionaire. Yeah, and it where was they like... just lied to women, said you're going to marry a millionaire, and then they're like, "Psych, oh, he's I a love construction worker. You get you get to be with a poor person instead." And then she's like, "Oh no." <laughs> okay, so the cover. They What's said, the backstory? The, the poll says the teaser cover image sparked a lot of comments and remarks online on the from the online comics community. So I think this person thought it's a, it's not the real cover. There's they would never put that out. What was the most outrageous thing you heard anyone say about the cover? Because he doesn't actually say, like, why they did it. They just kind of assumed, like, okay, it happened. People were upset. And here, here was his answer. I actually made a cup of tea, sat down, and counted the number of people who thought these two teenage models were transvestites. Wow! It was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Because, like I said, it was an inkblot test for the sexual taste of the posters. Ideas ranging from pedophiles, yes, because they're teenage models. Yeah. <laughs> like, it literally is that any, if they weren't... <laughs> any pedophilia that you are... Uh, uh, no, any non-core vibes <laughs> that you're getting from this cover is just you. It's not It's it's, it's not him at all. He it's said it was feeling. an inkblot test for the sexual taste of the posters. Ideas ranging from pedophiles to transgender hookers. Oh my god. He I, really said, if you think I'm racist, you're the racist about <laughs> this cover. I'm not transphobic, you're transphobic. Except for, like, we didn't have those words back then. And also, was there a huge influx of people saying they were trans? That would have never crossed my mind. Yeah, I know. weren't wearing makeup. <laughs> Anyways. Like, says, that's what I find wild about this cover, is that it managed to get cancelled on the internet in 2003. <laughs> Do you know how much effort how you, you had to put in to talk about something on the internet in 2003? You're getting cancelled in 2003 when somethingawful.com was like the number four website in the country. Like, people had to go to like the comic book resources forums to post that shit. <laughs> I had to go actually on the webarchive.org to read this interview. Wow. I'm not kidding, it was scrubbed. Anyways, he says, only about 10 or 15% of these were just normal girls. A whopping 40% uh, thought they were transsexuals. What does that say about the message boards? And what does that say? What and what does this say about what people expect of me? And that's it. <laughs> I think it says a lot so, about what people expect of him. I, Incredible. It says so much. It says it says everything that I thought it was justified. Because <laughs> uh, did you listen to our Civil idea? War episode? 
Like whose idea it was to make this cover? Does he get into that at all? He does, they don't get into that. They don't say how it came about. They just said like, well, listen, something crazy happened. Can He's you like, explain as an, why as an objective upset? observer? Uh, one could one could analyze the reactions of the comic book fans and uh, project uh, that reaction onto their own uh, subconscious. <laughs> I just love that he was like, "Oh, so you think just because." 95% of people said this was fucked up that that uh, there's a problem with it. No, no, no. There's a problem with these people. <laughs> there's a problem with 95% of people. He's really doing, like, Trump spin-doctoring in 2003. <laughs> it's not like... I don't think this comic sold particularly well. So it's not like there was, like, a huge gush of support. I mean, it hadn't come out. This book hadn't come out yet. Yeah. But from the um, cover, from the cover, what would you say the target demo of this book is? That's a great question. Pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> just the pedophile demo. Yeah. Demo. Um, the 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 little Saint James demo. Yeah, yeah. Basically, like this this comic was made for people who were forced to like work in Little Saint James. No, like I like really like let's say this cover was on the like this cover was like uh, on a on a, no, it's a bikini it's a commercial for like teen beat or something totally it's a legit good question i think you're right that it's like a teen beat cover Mm -hmm. it should have been maxim for the content but yeah here's here's the other thing because when we get into the what actually happens which we need to do really soon (laughs) but when we get into what actually happens um like i was wondering like okay well like who is this made for because it does it's not for adults but anybody who would write this for children is deranged oh absolutely (laughs) so i was like the question here they asked him is what kind of material would be contained in trouble? How will Marvel rate this comic? If you're going for the typical demo of the 20 of the 13 to 23 year old, will this have more mature PG plus rating? Why? And why not? Or he's a why or why not? And then uh, Mark says, I want to write something that anyone can relate to. And which is inspired by my own experiences of that period. However, Bullshit. writing, However, writing a book about sexual awakening and aiming it exclusively at adults sounds like a mistake. So I'm aiming at this at smart 12 and 13 year olds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) The market that I have in mind when I write anything for Marvel and DC, it's going to be edgy in the sense that it's real, Mm. that it's real. But not vulgar to the point that someone slaps an 18 certificate on us. Oh my god. This is this, <laughs> so is this nasty. man sat down at his computer and was like, okay, I gotta write some I gotta write a romance comic for a smart twelve and thirteen year old to first, jack off. First to. he jacked off. Yeah. First he jacked off right before he started. <laughs> and then he starts the book out like this. <laughs> oh it starts out, we meet uh two absolute uh, Similar-looking dudes. I thought they were twins. Uh, ben and Richie Parker. You may know them as Uncle Ben and Spider-Man's dead father. Who was also maybe a CIA agent once. Yeah, pre-CIA agent. He hasn't become a CIA agent yet. I don't know how... Like, that's the book I want to read. Yeah. I want to read how we got Richie, the... The, the fuckboy. <laughs> like, the 80s fuckboy. The 70s, 80s, Hamptons fuckboy... Richie Parker, how did he become a CIA agent? He 100% seems the type. Yeah, was it non-score in its origins? <laughs> <laughs> That's the non-score book that, that we that gotta make at some point. Absolutely. But, um, you know how Mark Miller, like, when he works with Brian Hitch, kind of gets... I don't, I don't know, like, if it's 
Miller's idea or if it's Hitch's idea, but like they either way, like the characters are drawn as like specific actors. Like how yeah. Samuel L. Jackson was Nick Fury in Ultimate. Yeah, he he did that with JG Jones as well and Wanted. He did like Eminem was the oh, main yeah, character. Eminem was of wanted. The guy in wanted. Do you think that Richie Parker was specifically just he was just like make him look like Matthew McConaughey and Dazed and Confused? Because <laughs> like he's got the he Mustang, he's got like the long he, hair. I th- I think oh. he might have said that. He might have said Matthew McConaughey in the script. He might have mentioned like four really important actors in the script, and Terry Dotson only draws two faces. So yeah, yeah that's the thing is Terry Terry Dotson said I, I got you. Say no more, fans. <laughs> and then he drew Spider Man for Peter Parker from from his yes. any Spider Man drawing you've ever seen of him. All the characters are it's literally two Peter Parkers and then Gwen Stacy <laughs> and Mary Jane. Exactly. Yeah. There is no difference between. Mary Jane, Gwen Stacy, and uh, May and Mary. Which, by the way, super annoying. Because May and Mary, the difference between their hair color is not that big. It's like, you know, you know, red and blonde. Strawberry blonde. One is like... But it's like, yeah. so, depending on the lighting, it could be either or. And their names are Mary and May. Yeah, there so is... half the time I'm reading this, I'm just like, what the fuck? Who did what? There was yeah. more than one scene. Especially because, as we'll get into it, like, a major plot point is cheating... Of these yeah. four characters kind of, like, messing It's incredibly around. incestuous. Yeah. So, I like, there's been, there was multiple scenes where I had to go back a couple of pages and I'm like, wait, who, who is this character in this panel? Like, who am I reading <laughs> I about? Too. What's happening? Yeah. It was wild as hell. Daniel, did you have that problem? Yeah, no, this is, this, from the get-go, this is very confusing art. Like, I, yeah. you can have the Dodsons do some, like, Wonder Woman pinups or whatever. Yeah. But they're not the greatest storytellers. Like, even just the first page, when you're getting uh, Mary and May saying goodbye to their parents, you get Mary kind of hugging her mom, and you can't, you, you, you can't tell who's coming or who's going because there's... <laughs> Uh, the like, mom is also an absolute babe. Yeah, yeah, every like the 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 parents are attractive, and when you when you see Ben saying goodbye to his mom, that's not what that's doesn't look like a mom. That doesn't. He also looks forty. It also looks like May, and it also or Mary, sorry, and also he looks exactly like fucking Richie. Yeah. The only difference is he's slightly bigger, and like it, his hair is less dark. But again, depending on the lighting, that's that's super confusing. Like he yes. looks like this might be like a specific Marvel universe problem, but with also yeah. the fact that he's called Ben, I thought he was Ben Grimm for a while. Mm. <laughs> he's got that blue because like he looks yeah. like how I've seen Ben Grimm in other comics, and I'm like, does every this Ben in lug. the Marvel universe look like this? Yeah, he's a lug. Um, so they're 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 shipping off to go to a Hamptons. Uh, resort country club. I'm not exactly sure what it's supposed this to be. This is like summer vacation work, which is like a trope in America. Yeah, it's, some, right? it's, it's an idea that right. only exists in an 80s American teen comedy. Yeah, so it's yeah, Miller there's extrapolating no real here. There's no real context for this thing that they're about, this job they're about to go have. Because it's halfway <laughs> like a rite between of a passage. camp. It's like a camp, a country club, a resort, something, like, you know. A summer job. Like, there's some Caddyshack in there. It does. It just doesn't. They're all, like, shipping off, and they make a point, because we actually don't know when this is supposed to take place. I guess, like, 
the 70s, but there's some 80s like stuff yeah, thrown I'm, in. I'm betting for no 80s reason. just because this came out around. Uh, this came out in 2003, so there. Like I, I can imagine Miller doing some kind of light math to be like, if Peter's, uh, 20 or 20 eternally 25 ish, uh, yeah. like it just takes ha- place a long time ago, basically. Yeah, I think yeah. like the first page, like the first panel has a caption of just like some years ago. You figure <laughs> yeah, it out. Just some years. And, and, like, the, the mom is worried. He's like, I'm not going to Vietnam. but And you see, like, a vet getting off of the the uh, the bus. But, you know, but there's old. no real... There's no real sort of context for for where it's it's going to be. There's some there's some good homophobia jokes along the way. The whole book kind of just has it. It's very 2003 in that way. Yeah. It was like soft homophobia where you like back then you could be homophobic, be like, oh, wouldn't it be just like hella gay for you to like uh, have sex with a guy? It's, it's the forty year old virgin level of homophobia of just like you know how I know you're gay. It's just like make an yeah. effort. It- it it is literally the most basic basic thing to say. Oh yeah, Ben's gay. That's the whole. That's the entire punchline. There's no. There's nothing else. Um, and it's hilarious. I think throughout this whole book, uh, Mark Miller is 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 so um, insecure in his writing that he needs to have a character literally laughing out loud at his poor poor humor. Like yeah, yeah. The humor in this book is like kind of non-existent. Like you, you, we say it's like all these comedies, but. Imagine just those movies without the jokes. Yeah, it's like yeah. the tone. Everyone's really miserable and like, because like they're like being berated by the the people like the guests staying at the hotel. The sex and police. It's like, like they're they like they can't even like barely interact because there's like a weird like stand-in for what would be like a dean and like a university yes. com- as like yeah. the, whoever like runs the staff of the hotel. Like he's like this comedy villain stopping them from having sex they introduce that guy he he says like he vows revenge really early on in the book he never he never does anything to stop them from doing what they're doing (laughs) no they like he introduces him like you would one of those characters in any one of those movies like the ben stiller character in heavyweights he's the They, they introduce that he gets punked the entire comic the only time he's about to stop them his wife is like yeah because you ain't fucking me right and then he's just like oh damn (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this 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 series is footloose for fucking. It, yeah, yeah. So 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 they get jobs at these at this country club, and uh, they're told immediately this is a no fun zone. You're not allowed to dance. You're definitely not allowed to have sex. There's no dating. Um, you know, just do your fucking jobs. You know, and uh, we learn a little bit about uh, Mary and May and. Uh, Peter or Ben and Richie. I keep wanting to call one of them Peter Parker because he just looked like fucking Spider-Man. But we learned that Ben and Mary are just like well-behaved young adults, just very boring, bland human beings. And then we meet uh, Richie and May. They're truly wild childs. And May, Aunt May has like, you know, red hair. That's the that's the Mary Jane of the book. And Richie is like the alpha Chad Peter Parker guy. He just like has sex with everybody, anybody. He has that like sweat, like middle parting boy band haircut that you know yeah. makes him the bad boy. He has a the tightest t shirt they could find. The tightest t shirt with just like everybody, by the way, the the illest look that they had back then was a black t shirt with a with a, a yellow square in the middle of it. Uh, in blue jeans. A few people have that look in this book. <laughs> that is that is the look. 
very confusing because <laughs> another guy shows up with that looking exactly like them. And yeah, I was like, was wait a, a minute, why did you knock that dude out? Oh, but anyways, mm-hmm. they're all working. They're all doing their jobs. Yeah, you get a montage where they're all doing every single job. Like, for some reason, May <laughs> and Mary are doing, like, kitchen work. They're doing the sheets. Like, there isn't any sort of job distribution or roles. No, this is just, like, th- this This country club hired four teens <laughs> to do everything Yes, for, for these, these wealthy elites, you know, at the Hamptons. So, again, some little St. James vibes. It's, it's run by the same guys that run the Overlook Hotel. Like, they, they, <laughs> they have to keep cutting budgets. So they have to keep having, like, the lowest amount of staff possible. That's why they have a strict no-sex policy. If they're fucking, they could be, you know, cleaning the floors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at least fuck on the floor. That way you can buff it with the other body. But, you know. They, so, do, so... they do do plenty of that. Maybe that's... <laughs> What no one knew about this comic is that it's actually a really insightful look at, like, how capitalism dehumanizes its laborers. Absolutely. Very briefly in the beginning, yes. And then it completely drops it. It's like unknowingly realizing the torture of working for these sickos. Like, absolutely um, dehumanized. So so what? one of the girls is yelled at. For, for trying to serve them uncooked food. By a cartoon-like fancy lady from, like, 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> right. So they're, they t- they send it back to the kitchen to to get it, you know, reheated or whatever. And then we get the meat cute. This is where the boys meet the girls for the first time. And they charm the shit out of, out of the girls, the guys do, by spitting in their food. <laughs> the girls are like... They're so turned on by this. They're like, "Fuck, we gotta, we gotta have sex with these dudes." So they make a plan to get a date, and they double dated a dance. And Richie, who is obviously should be with May, since they're both like the same character, and vice versa. Like it would be so easy if that's how this would have played out. Spider Man might have never had a chance to been born though, mm-hmm. because Richie says, "No, no, no. I know it would obviously like I, I'm, you know." I would, I could have sex with that either one of them. I'm gonna go with the blonde one. She seems like it's a challenge. Such an alpha move. Is this when they're talking like getting ready? Yeah, they're just getting ready. I love this scene because uh, uh, Ben pulls out like this giant ass <laughs> box of condoms that are expired, and it's <laughs> they're like all expired. they're worried. They're worried that they're not gonna fuck, but he's carrying like uh, magnums. Like he's packing. Magnum. He has a giant box of condoms. That was like the one of the first things like, I noticed. The diameter on that up. motherfucker. <laughs> it's, I'm so glad that you brought it up because he he busted out and he's like like I I'm worried they're expired, last weekend or whatever. And like first of all, there's not a strict expiration date on condoms. Yeah, I don't think. you just don't. You just can't <laughs> keep not, them in your not, wallet. That's the rule. They're not milk. Yeah, not unless you <laughs> had them for like. A decade or something, and then it's like the latex is just naturally degraded over time. It's not it like, like it's, modern no cell binding. Box. It's like a, te- it's like oh yeah, th- these good these condoms are good for exactly three hundred and seventy five. They days. got a timer on them. Use it on that sixth day, you're <laughs> fucked. Don't do it. And <laughs> like, how does he know they were expired last week? That was that was one of the. That was one of the true weirdo like things in this is like just the way he talks about stuff like not I was like I don't know about Scotland I don't know if any human being looks at things this way I don't I've, I've never this seen this much uh, plot uh, around condoms in in a comic book like the, the cliffhanger for this issue is based around <laughs> having a condom yeah yeah yes so uh so they go to the dance 
it's it's lame. Super boring. May May is like let's get drunk, let's go outside and go skinny dipping cuz again, to Mark Millar, the movies he watched, that is literally the sexiest thing can you can I, do. Can I bring up a choice quote from from this dance scene where they, it looks like they're doing swing dancing, by the <laughs> way. The Dodsons decide to, decided to draw swing dancing. But they're worried that they're going to get caught because they're dancing a little too close. And she's like, there's a sign somewhere saying we have to stand six inches apart. And Mark Miller really wrote... <laughs> Who cares, baby? Six inches means I could still reach you with a couple to spare. I'm stealing Hell that yeah. line. <laughs> That's a Chad. Like you said, this this is the ultimate Chad. This is the ultimate Hamptons fuckboy. Yes. He, he has, he has like, the, uh, was it the Travolta, like, three button down open chest? <laughs> yeah, medallion swinging in the wind. And, and throughout yeah. all this, Mary, she's like, oh, Richie, you're so evil. Like, she knows what she's getting into for the record. If we're talking about, like, what, what what keeps happening later on in the book where she's, like, not, she doesn't want to put out, which is she's in her right. But, like, literally yeah. in the first moment that they're talking, he's like, my dick is at least more than six <laughs> inches. She can't be like, well, um, no, I'm not. This isn't, what? Like, this is right here up front and center. Yeah, so they go out skinny dipping, and uh, they break, they've, they, you know, extremely break the no fun policy. They're having a great time in the lake. They don't really go skinny dipping. All the girls kind of keep on their underwear, and the guys keep on their shit, too. It's a very, it's a very PG skinny dipping. It's a PG plus skinny yeah. dipping. May does take off her top, and the... She, she yells, naked girl alert. <laughs> naked girl alert. I do like the Rawr! fact that, um... <laughs> There's a bit where uh, Ben mentions that it's like an Emmanuel movie, which is a reference I, I never thought I'd hear ever again. Okay, I, I didn't look it up. I'm so glad you brought it up. What the fuck is an Emmanuel movie? Oh, it's like softcore porn. It, it is, was... that, is that like late late HBO Cinemax yeah, Emmanuel it's like, it's like that they're talking about? Yeah, it's like kind of uh, softcore porn. And like... Is it a Scotland thing? Because I've literally no, no, never heard of that. I, and I know about everything. I might have like seen a couple... like snuck a couple of those movies in in my uh teen years okay i'm glad i'm not the only one that got that reference otherwise i I think it was like emmanuel in rio yeah this this woman exploring her sexuality with a random beautiful men it's like softcore porn that has like like plot like there's like a like there's actual (laughs) effort to make it like a real movie yeah. But they don't say it like no. they say it like it's scandalous. Like these like, these guys like, aren't oh Emmanuel. Like they aren't art art house. <laughs> yeah, art house movie watchers. This, this is, is this it's is a weird like reference. Very average porn plotting. Yeah. <laughs> so all the it is yeah this whole this whole thing is like Mark Millar's softcore porn for twelve year olds. He's once again projecting what this is supposed to be. The same way that he has somebody in the background laughing at what is supposed to be a joke. He yeah. he will have somebody saying like this is like an Emmanuel movie when it isn't, <laughs> but he's trying to convince us. This is such a great podcast. This is great. <laughs> <sighs> this is the only place to get these cuts. I mean, it's true. So, anyways, uh, shout out to Mark Mark for for innovating our podcast. Thank you so much. This is such a good. podcast. I can't believe we're gonna get trouble over. <laughs> I'm getting trouble way over. I'm hyped. So. The, the kids, they, they, they uh, resort back to their rooms after violating the no fun policy. They somehow sneak behind the dude. How did they sneak behind the dude? Like, all, it's like a Scooby-Doo, like, shot. Yeah. 
he's a 1980s movie yeah. villain. Like he's mm-hmm. not going to turn mm-hmm. his neck. So so they all they all go back to violate the no fun policy, and then they violate the no fucking policy. They immediately start throwing. Well, two of them immediately start throwing down. Unfortunately for the for the Hampton fuckboy himself, like he made the wrong out, boy, the wrong choice. Too, too big of a challenge. She's like, no, I don't do that. May, uh, Mary, Peter Parker's mom says, I'm not into it. And then we cut back to Ben and Aunt May, and Aunt May pulls out a condom. And when I say Aunt May, I'm gonna start doing that just because I yeah, want let's you call to call them Aunt May. Yeah, she is. I don't want you to imagine young, hot Mary Jane. I want you to imagine wrinkly old Steve Ditko, mm-hmm. <laughs> Aunt May. So Aunt May says, "Face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot." And she pulls out a condom. Again, weird with the with the transferring of Mary Jane qualities to these characters. Yeah, like you it, could one hundred percent like just control F, change all of the names to like Peter, Harry, MJ, and Gwen. And nothing mm-hmm. would change other than this is just a perilous version of Spider-Man who fucks a lot. Which is arguably a better comic. I would read that. But, uh, so, so, they're, they're, they fuck, um, again, some great jokes, uh, Ben asks for a cigarette, she doesn't have one. Yeah, but This is the big reveal of the page, that's like the cliffhanger. Yeah, that's, the final panel is, face the tiger, you've got a jack, you've hit the jackpot with a condom. And she's like, she's like gingerly holding a, a sheet over her breasts so that, you know, you can't see it. But I bet if I was like a 13 year old boy in 2003, that would have done it for me. Oh yeah. Like, it's, it's the same, like, cause I, I, rem- I was listening to your guys' episode on All-Star Batman and Robin, which is yeah. a comic I also fuck with, but it, it took me a long time to get there. And like. Those early panels of uh, Vicky Vale, like, I feel like that's in the same area of this, of just, like, we know our audience is horny 12-year-olds. Let's just lean into that. Yeah, and the cheesecake art, as in, like, uh, Terry and Rachel, the the husband-wife combo here, is very fascinating to me. to, To see them, like, working together to, like, get into this... Because it's this comic is also beefcake. Like the yeah. boys also yeah. look like you remember those uh, bod body sprays. Yeah, that's such a good <laughs> reference. They look exactly like those. Those are the dudes ripped... that hung outside of exactly. uh, American Eagle. I want that bod. <laughs> it's exactly the I want that bod stuff. That's that's Holy how they shit. look when they're hanging out and talking about fucking together, and the way that no brothers ever talk. Yeah, like, that's also I one have, of the really I have a weird... very healthy relationship with my brothers, and we did not talk about fucking this way. I, the guys are just like, yo, I fucked last night. Like, oh, dude, totally. So did I. I can't believe Hell you yeah. fucked, bro. It's, it's very, very weird. It's, like, throughout the entire thing, like, I, I don't think know if this at is some white point culture. I forgot that they were brothers just to save myself from having <laughs> you to blocked it out. You blocked it out. So the, so the next day... We we find out that May is not just a young you know sex pot. She's got dreams. She wants to buy a van and travel across the country. Um, and like that's kind of it actually. That's her yeah. dream. The the joke about painting a big mystery machine on the side isn't a joke. They're just this is the reaction that Mark Miller decided <laughs> was that's the thing that gets the joke, and they pillow fight. Uh, yeah, they pillow fight, and then we cut to Richie and May. Richie's absolutely fucking livid <laughs> that, this, that she didn't have sex with him. And she asks him straight up. She says, 
God, you must think I'm some kind of frigid bitch after all this, Richie. And he's like, what? No, no. you? What? No. And then she leaves. Like, she kisses him. She says, you're a very special person, Richie. Again, who talks like this? Yes. And then she leaves, and he slams the door shut and says, Bible-thumping, clap-happy, guitar-playing priests. This is Peter Parker's dad. Yeah, this is Peter Parker's dad. Just absolutely livid. Blue-balled, horny as fuck. He just wanted to smash. He's like, I saw blonde, I saw the blonde one. I wanted to have sex with the blonde one. Yeah. If I would have known the redhead would have did it, like we would have, that would have been happening too. Yeah, and he, since he still has hope, he... she also says like to him, like, "Oh, you're not gonna call me Virgin Mary, are you?" And then he's like, "No, come on." W- and the next day, immediately, him and his brother are like, "Oh, so what happened with Virgin Mary last?" I night? genuinely think that's the funniest moment in the comic. Like that, that, <laughs> that was kind of the point where I was just like, "Wait, fuck, am I enjoying this?" <laughs> I, I didn't start enjoying it until everybody just started randomly fucking each other yeah. for no reason. Yeah. yeah. Once once there's some swapping going on, you're like, okay, this shit is just straight up dirty. Yeah. So so the kids are all talking about how they had incredible nights with their with their partners, and then they go out on the town to perform the weirdest <laughs> the thing I've ever seen. They just go into the town in the Hamptons <laughs> to to look at fancy jewelry and art. They ha- they have a day out. And it's the most random day out ever. They dress up like Victorian gentlemen for a panel. And I'm like, these motherfuckers are getting paid <laughs> minimum wage in the 70s. Um, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to like pull it back a page, but there's this amazing panel where May and Mary are talking in a park and they're each holding a child's hand. <laughs> they're walking the child through the park and, and they're saying, Ben, oh, he's such a doll, Mary. The sex could be a little more interesting. <laughs> but I don't think I've dated anyone as generous as this before. And they're literally, like, the children are right that. there. The little girl is looking up like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that girl knows that Spider-Man's uncle goes down. Yes. Yeah. Ben is, Ben definitely eats out every yeah. day. I can't wait to talk about poor Ben. Ben, Ben is... This is a true character assassination Un- of Uncle Ben. Un- is it Uncle it- Ben or Uncuck Ben? <laughs> Cuck Ben, uh, truly, truly revi- a reviled character in Marvel comics. Like they've, this book is a real character assassination. <laughs> it makes him look like a just the wor- yeah. like the lamest person of all time. After reading, after reading this book, you're like, he's probably glad he died. <laughs> <laughs> To think, though, that the son of the guy who did all these horrible things is the reason he's dead. He must have been like, fuck. <laughs> like, Richie fucked him one <laughs> one last time. So for real? Fucking hell. Anyways. So, yeah, they're out out on the town. They're doing, like, a little, like, modeling, shopping. They're pretending to be rich. Again, for no, for no real reason. There's nothing else to do. It was the 70s. Yeah, they just go to the town, pretend to be rich. And then they go hang out at the park to just, like, chill. Again, violating no-fun policy. You're not supposed to be having uh, picnics. And while while May is explaining to Richie... Sorry. While Mary is explaining to Richie that she doesn't have sex because uh, they met a fortune teller that basically explains the whole reason this book exists. <laughs> this weird prophecy? Yeah, she, she, she's, she had a palm reader. That said, if she ever had sex before she got married, that she would be a mom before she was 20. And that the reason that May is, like, just slutting around town is because she got told by the same fortune teller that nobody would ever call her mom. So the fortune teller was out here being like, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) 
just trying to get like one girl pregnant and another girl like cheated on because that's the weirdest thing like it's... they set it up here and it's like the second issue and i'm like okay that's like a weird thing to spend such a dedicated time on and then they're very specific about all of that coming true <laughs> and, and like, during, yeah, the, during that conversation during that conversation uh ben and may are just fucking like 50 feet away yeah Right, that's the other thing is while they're having while the, while she's explaining the whole point of this book, Uncle Ben, Ben and May are just like fucking going in, and at one point Richie even points at him like, "Look, they're out there fucking." You're telling me this fortune teller is ruining my life? <laughs> like Richie's like, becoming a supervillain. He's got like a tuxedo on with no pant. Which yeah, is the weirdest insane. image. It makes him look more naked. <laughs> and then we have, so then after that, she's like, "Sorry, but this, it is what it is." Like, May's like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Or, sorry, Mary is like, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'm absolutely not going to have sex with you. So then we cut to the to the country club. Mm. And we see these this this uh, fat piece of shit boy. <laughs> the, like other, the other yellow square the man. Rangers. What's that? Like the Vulcan other yellow square man. Up. We both talked over <laughs> each other. I told you we would do this interrupting each other. I'll stay quiet. I was going to say, they look like Balkan Skull from the Power Rangers, which isn't even a good enough punchline to warrant this. <laughs> so, so ba- he looks basically like uh, if you had the other guy, like Richie and Ben, but you just like stretched him out a little bit. Yeah, it's <laughs> Not he's a like, lot. Kinda like a kind of like a mean Jack Black guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's a good that's a good call. That's who he like looks Jack like. Jack Black in his early roles in the <clears throat> '90s. You remember uh, the surfing in Cincinnati rollerblades movie? Sure. Uh, well, Jack, this is Jack Black's role in that movie, where he's just a douchebag. He's just rude. <laughs> so he sees he sees May, and he's like, "I fucking knew she was not ri- a millionaire." Yeah, everybody knew they were not a millionaire. <laughs> But he, it, this enrages him. This is Mark, Mark Miller getting into class politics. He saw through our genius disguise of being completely <laughs> oblivious. <laughs> he says, uh, excuse me, please. Oh, she says, excuse me, please. I really get past. And he says, that's right, sweetheart. Go pick up all my dirty socks, huh? Just don't let me catch you waltzing around town again like you're not, like you're something you're not, okay? <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry, this is... This is uh there was like a, a a rule in the 17th century or so where if you got caught dressing outside of your class it was a crime. Yeah. This motherfucker is basically he, that. He could have hung her. <laughs> um, yes. She says, "Mr, I've got more class in my little finger than you've got in that entire 300 pound wobbly excuse for a body." Damn. This, this dude is He's like 200 like, what the fuck did you pounds just say? tops. Yeah, this dude is not that big. Yeah. And she's, he says, she says, what the fuck you say? And she says, nothing. He says, nothing, huh? Well, that's good, because you're just what I thought you said. Oh, cause it, because if you if you just said what I thought you said, they boot your cheap butt out here, dits. Again, like, what is Ditch. this? Like, with the, with the, with the braces, you can almost kind of, like, imagine a lisp on him. He's like, yeah, I didn't yeah, even so notice he, the braces. He owns her, and then she, she imagines punching him, but then we find out she didn't punch him. She just walked away and took it. And she's telling all this to her, the fuckboy Richie. And he's just like, I can't believe this shit. I can't believe that these rich people are so mean to you. And then he has sex with her. <laughs> this, is cl- this is class solidarity. To true class solidarity, to, to remind you of who this is. He, is. he is dating her best friend. She is dating his brother. So he decides 
I don't care. <laughs> She's not having sex with me. So then they kiss. Then we get the next issue. This is like the original sin of this comic. Like, this is the point at which everything goes wrong for all of these characters. Yeah, without this, Spider-Man doesn't get bitten, though, and then we, he doesn't save the this world. This had to happen. This book had to yeah. happen. The moral of the story is be a slut. I really love, I really love this recontextualization <laughs> of Aunt May, and every time I see that old lady, that old, like, original uh, Spider-Man movie lady. Fucking Rosemary Harris. <laughs> yes. that I'm going to imagine that woman going to town and Pulling partying. out a condom. <laughs> Yeah, going to parties with, like, five guys and playing strip poker. So then we get one of the funniest scenes in the book. Uh, It's just them over and over just, like, fucking each other, interspersed with uh, the other two, May and Ben, just being like, oh, my girlfriend's so great. I love them. They're just doing their job, being happy, looking at bridal magazines, buying flowers. Mary looks like Snow White in the woods, except it's kids instead of animals. (laughs) And just every time they show that, it just cuts back to those two fucking each other. And it's just like, god damn, they're terrible, terrible people. They, they honestly um, make and then it kind of like, like the most abhorrent thing anyone has ever done. <laughs> so then they, they, like, they start yelling at each other and just saying horrible things about one another after they get done fucking. Immediately and then, after. And then they look at each other and they start fucking again. There's a, the, yeah, because there's a bit weird, like, Richie, like... Openly is just like, you're too cheap and slutty for my tastes, even though we just banged and are going to do yeah. it again immediately. So then so then it cuts to um it cuts to May telling Mary that she's cheating on Ben. This, Why she does yes. this, not quite sure. This is incredibly <laughs> confusing. Um considering that these uh four people literally only hang out with each other all like twenty four seven. Right, who else could she possibly imagine that she's fucking in this place? They only see each other. It's like a weird power trip. There's only like, four employees in this whole, like, Hampton. Yeah, they do every job in this entire hotel, including walking other people's kids. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's just a psychopath. She's just a, she's just a, a sociopath. Yes, yes. So she's telling her, like, okay, so I'm going to go fuck this guy again. I need you to run a diversion on Ben. So in that last like, panel, that she's way... looking like Satan. Yeah. And then, so, so then, uh, we cut to May fucking Ben in a, in a sand pit <laughs> at a golf course with people again, like 10 feet away from them, have, like just playing golf. Uh, just insane. Miller's America. This is Mark Miller's America. <laughs> Only in Mark Miller's America could two teens have sex and just like have a, a, a long pit. conversation while doing it. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're really getting a lot of exposition out there. Like this is this is the most uh inf- informational fucking book. Yeah, cuz this is also the bit yeah. where it's revealed that the the fortune teller is called Mrs. Gray and comes from a Ooh. long line of psychics. That's right. Which is, is I forgot is that. that an, that's an X-Men reference, right? Yeah, Jean Gray, Jean Gray's mom is the reason why this even happened. <laughs> this is like this is like those but Gotham books if, uh, or like those Gotham Jean, series. If Jean Grey's mom is also a psychic, though, does that make her a mutant? Or is she just like a different thing that's a psychic? I have no idea because like every time I've seen anything with like Jean Grey's parents, which is admittedly X-Men The Last Stand and the Dark Phoenix movie. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's the only time anyone has ever cared about where she comes from. Yeah, because I like I've, I haven't read like the Chris Claremont X Men series yet. Like, I read terrible other comics. Um, but like they were like normal people that she like killed in an accident or whatever, and like they just kind of like drop like, oh yeah, like Spider Man exists because of Jean Grey or Jean Grey's mom in the seventies telling these like two girls to like go ruin their lives by being complete sluts giving them completely opposite advice to fuck yeah. to fuck them up so so she t- so she tells ben about yeah jean gray's mom or aunt or whoever and then we cut to oldies night wait they're getting ready for a event at the country club i need to place. i need to highlight this mark miller golden line of dialogue which is go ahead uh I, I come from an amazing line of breeders, and you only have to look at a woman in my family to fertilize our eggs. And what is it? Yeah, tell the response, please. It, it it's 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 something that only Mark Miller would think uh, a woman just says right after fucking. Well, but no, his line after that is, would me wearing sunglasses offer any kind of protection? In, and then she says, very funny. Very funny. She says in the most <laughs> depressed, she's about to cry there when she says very funny. She looks so bummed this is why out. she's all fucking Richie, because yes. Ben is the Richie like, wouldn't least say that dumb shit in the world. <laughs> yeah, well, what we find out is that Ben is a total beta. Yeah, they're having Uncle pillow beta. talk on the sand pit. <laughs> they can't just continue this. They're already dressed. They can't continue this conversation ev- elsewhere. So, so we cut to them getting ready, and uh, Ben, uh, Uncle Beta, says, like, oh, do you think maybe she's cheating on me? And uh, May, who knows absolutely she is, she drops, she drops like, a she drops disco the ball. ball. Yep, drops the ball. And uh, she's like, no, 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 come on, don't be crazy. And then, uh, well, these two people are both being cheated on. Only one of them knows the other one is cheating. The other one has no clue. And uh, then she's like, "Oh well, you know what happened with uh, with 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 May at the country club? How she got owned?" And he's like, "Wait, what? Like he didn't hear and that about was this. yesterday. That was only one day ago. It might have been longer though. It might have been longer because all those times where I said they were like cutting between them fucking, that was supposed to be different times. Like they acknowledge that they fucked like fifty. Like, oh no, you're right. It's, it does say a couple of days ago. For some reason, I I thought yeah. it said yesterday at some point. But it it is a really strange thing to." bring up randomly so so ben storms off to to get revenge and then may runs off to tell richie like oh he's about to go like fucking handle this shit so ben big ben giant dude total like we think the whole time we're leading up to saying oh this is gonna fuck this like fat piece of shit guy up like this bully guy so he he like shoves him into a, a bathroom stall to fight this him. This is the most action the comic ever gets as well. Like Dodson goes like full like superhero speed lines on a couple panels for like Richie <laughs> running after his brother. Yeah. Richie Richie and Mary in that panel. It's the craziest thing cuz he shoves him into a bathroom to fight him like uh, it's like a bathroom stall, not like the bathroom, like the the place with the toilet, the little you know, five by five square <laughs> yeah, thing. It's like the and Richie is like hauling ass. Like, We've got to fucking go. And like, you know, May's like, what's, go- what's going on here? <laughs> so they go and uh, he like slams on the door and bathroom stall opens up and we get the reveal. We get the, like the great action. We get like the great, like, you know, superhero comics thing. We see two feet walking out the bathroom stall 
thinking, oh, it's going to show Ben. No. In fact, Ben got fucking owned by the fat guy. Who's not even he fat got anymore. Owned by Jack Black. Like, he got owned by Jack Black, who, like, yeah, dropped a lot dropped, of weight. Like, that kid yeah. <laughs> took off the sweater, and it turns out, like, he's actually Yeah, he's a solid, he's a solid dude. Um, And I is this the Dodsons being incapable of drawing uh, overweight people, or... I don't know. Potentially. But... But but he's like glass jawed little runts, just lucky I didn't flush him down the bowl with all the other turds in there owned. And and Richie is like, what the fuck, like dude, like you know, his brother just got owned. He looks in the bathroom stall and Ben has been grinding. face into the toilet. He hasn't even pulled his his face out of the shit. Hasn't even pulled his face out of the shit. Like th- those guys were gonna just leave him there to drown, <laughs> right in front of his brother. He was trying to How- he was trying to drown himself there. <laughs> yeah. Imagine you run in to fight somebody in a bathroom for disrespecting your girl. She walks in with the guy she's sleeping with, mm-hmm. and they see you headfirst in the toilet. Now, he only knows half of this information, but that's got to be the lowest moment of any character in any comic ever. He, it's, it's, he get, like, it's the most cucked I've ever seen someone in a Marvel comic since like Microchip in season one of The Punisher. Uncle Ben really died years before the the accident. This was when he actually it's, died. I don't know who made Gwen Stacy get get uh fucked by the Green Goblin, <laughs> Bendis. Uh, that was J. Michael Straczynski. I very specifically remember that. Oh, that was JMS. Yeah, they tried to outdo this. They failed. You can't. You can't do worse than yeah, this. Yes, this is this is like the most beta moment in the history of Spider-Man. And this is this is the man who dies. Because his son, who's not his actual son, was being such an asshole to him that he's like, whatever, like, fuck you. And then he, like, got shot after that by the dude. Like, after he's trying to, like, teach him about life. With great power comes great responsibility from the guy that gets owned trying to beat someone up. <laughs> what does he know about great well, power? Well, knows, yeah. he knows firsthand that he's never had any great power, <laughs> yeah. so he's... <laughs> He's actually had the least it's, amount of it's power. It's the great of responsibility that Richie did not employ when he was just fucking everyone. And so then they're like, "Okay, bro, this is the lowest thing we've ever seen." They walk, the two of them walk him out, and it cuts to it cuts to Aunt May cheating again. Sorry. Yes, no, no, no. it is Aunt May yeah. in bed with Richie. I see. I forget who the pairing was in this moment. It, in the bathroom, it is he Mary. He wasn't dating the girl who walked him out. Yeah, in no, the bathroom. Yeah. In the bathroom, bad. it was Mary and Richie. Who... See, this is what we're right. saying. Like, it's impossible to tell it's these confusing. two apart. It's the Dotson curse. They can't be named May and Mary. That's irresponsible. Even in my notes, I was getting them. It was just typos. Sometimes it would be May yeah. and Mary. So the girl he is having sex with, it cuts to her in bed Pillow talking. with Richie again. Pillow talking again. Like, all these people do is just She's in like, bed talking. Like, he must have like, taken... I feel so bad about that. Like, he must have taken Ben back to the room, like, given him, like, a frozen bag of peas for his eyes, and then left to go fuck his girl. <laughs> Insane. Absolute Chad so like, behavior. Yeah, how can you not love this comic, by the way? <laughs> this is incredible. This is the wildest shit I've ever read. Yeah. This is crazier than anything. So then Aunt May is like, you know, she realizes, wait a minute, maybe Richie's not that great of a dude if uh, that guy went and got his ass beat for like the thing is we learn about Ben that he's always been weak as hell. <laughs> so 
he ran into that bathroom. It wasn't a surprise that he got his like, ass he's beat. He's a chronic bitch. Yeah, like his brother literally says like, oh yeah, he was born with a chronic bitch <laughs> default uh, defect. The hospital said that he had to be careful to not be a bitch anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> the doctor on his chart, when they took him in there, like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, his organs, everything's fine, but uh, he's a bitch. He's a cuck. And, and he's a beta. He's never going to be anything other than that. May, like, after, like, weeks of this, she, like, comes to this, like, detective conclusion. She's like, are you only sleeping with me because you can't stand Ben having something you don't? Like, <laughs> yeah and you know what's funny is i don't think richie does i think richie in this the character of richie is just like no i'm just sleeping with you because you're gonna have sex yeah, with me. <laughs> like reading way too much it's, into it there's no ulterior motive beyond just being horny he's like my older brother is a total cuck and i'm gonna do whatever i, I like want to and i'm not getting any from your friends yeah blame yeah blame this on mary mostly speaking of which uh, ben, the ultimate cuck, walks in, <laughs> sees them together. Is he wearing a neck brace in this panel? He's he's wearing a neck brace because he got owned is, so Is that hard. what neck braces look like now? <laughs> like, it <laughs> really like, just looks well, like a, like an extra scarf. It looks like he's wearing like a button-up, like, turtleneck. Yes. <laughs> so, and he, he stares straight at them. He looks he right at them. <laughs> the thing is, this is not one of those moments where he can't see. He didn't want to see what was happening. <laughs> Which was his brother fucking his girlfriend, and then he walks up, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, and, and then he literally blanks it and out. And then his brother's girlfriend walks up, like, oh, and hey, what's he up, And he covers man? for them. And he covers for them. He bro codes. Ultimate <laughs> bro codes. He says, like, oh, like, you know, he pretends he doesn't know it was her. He knew. There's no way he didn't know. How would you not know they were having this sex? Is, you could hear yeah, her this voice. This is a case of see. traumatic um, erasure of a memory. <laughs> He got he got cooked so hard he's like having memory loss problems. Yes, yes. He literally could not process the information, thus it didn't happen. So he covers for his brother, makes up the worst lie ever, which is that the hockey team is getting the field hockey team is getting changed inside his room, and May looks to her left and sees the entire field hockey team playing like five feet away. <laughs> like, the field the field hockey squiggles. Ben couldn't possibly be true, you idiot. <laughs> And then she yeah. just leaves. Yeah, he's like, "All right, later, dude." <laughs> like they this are entire both incredibly is dumb. The most melodramatic, like, because I'll admit, I love this shit. Like, I was reading this, being like, "Oh my god, the tension," mm-hmm. but also none of the decisions make any amount of sense. That's the thing is, I, I'm with you, August. Like, I absolutely love this. I can't get enough of this. I live. I'm a messy bitch who lives for drama. Absolutely. <laughs> But it doesn't make any like real world sense, but I don't care. Millar at this point has created four of the least likable, uh, least <laughs> realistic characters of all time. And I'm and here I, for it. I cannot wait <laughs> to see what happens. These to four them people next. have made me hate Spider-Man. <laughs> like he's coming from these people. This is, this is not, you know, it, they say it takes a village to raise a child. <laughs> this is the goddamn worst village I've ever seen. Yes. Okay. So after this, uh, they they're they're playing strip tease for some reason. This is when Richie Richie's like all of a sudden. I don't know if he's getting some guilt trips, but he's letting Ben borrow the car. I think it's just guilt trip. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you never let me borrow your car. Thanks, buddy. And you're he, so you're such a great brother. He says, hey, no problem. Also, if you need any money or condoms, just let me know. <laughs> 
The the <laughs> money or condoms is the wildest thing too because yes. like the, he's going no matter what those condoms are going to the same place same use. <laughs> yeah, he's he's making an investment there with the condoms. Uh but by the way, we're going to find out Ben doesn't even need those condoms. Ooh. Why he was walking around with those condoms, we don't know. But I never thought about that. That just hit me. <laughs> but anyways, cuz cuz there there's one more like crucial thing about Ben that Mark Millar gives us. To, to ruin his legacy. Swerve. Um, so, so yeah, they're playing strip poker. It's, it's very strange. The the no fun police are like there. The the old dude is finally going to get his moment. Yeah, May, to, like, May is wilding out at this point. May is wilding out. She's spir- She's spiraling. And uh, this, this is, is when the camp counselor gets told, "Shut the fuck up!" Like those kids are doing whatever. They're like, leave them alone. This is that point in like the Queen's Gambit TV show where like they're trying to. Show her at the like rock bottom, and she's just <laughs> on a couch smoking a cigarette. Yeah, and a tank top. It's like this is not what rock bottom looks like for anyone, except in like terrible movies. Yeah, Aunt, Aunt May's rock bottom is literally what she was gonna be doing anyways. Yeah, it's what she like, said she, she wanted to do from like page one. Yeah, she was like, I'm gonna go out have a good time. Like she she went when we first meet her, she goes uh, naked girl alert. Naked girl alert. Yeah. We sounded um, the alarm. So it, 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 she she's like she telegraphs everything. Like the the first scene, she's like, I, "Yeah, and here's the bottle of liquor that I stole from my parents' house." Um, there's no there's no moment during this uh, story where she wasn't gonna fuck like crazy. Oh yeah, like, I forgot. The mission was to fuck. They they do shots of whiskey on the bus out. Like they yeah. bring shot glasses. That's who does that? That's class. That's 1970s class. Yeah, that's that's just what you did in in Fast Times at Richmond High, America. <laughs> and again, the Dotsons, like I'm, we're obviously not going back to that page, but like the bottle of liquor that they uh, sneak into the bus just looks like a like a like a two liter Coca Cola <laughs> bottle. Like like <laughs> the Dotsons huge. have never seen liquor before. Yeah. They, the box mm-hmm. of condoms stuff is hilarious. Like, there's, there's just everything is hilarious in this. I thought it was yeah. a box of raisins, legit. I was like, why is he pulling out raisins? I was like, oh shit, okay. It, it, think, it is like if, it is. If you were going to show condoms, wouldn't you just show the strip? And then the 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 when May finally like at the end of the first issue, she pulls out a condom bag. It looks like a sugar bag. Yeah, it like, looks it looks crazy. like a very small object. I don't think it's if if these boys are used to like tr- like uh fucking magnums. That little that little uh, <laughs> sugar bag that she pulls out in the first issue is not gonna do it. So we cut to Mary and May, finally not dressed like total babes, just wearing like loose clothing because we're having a serious moment. This is not time to be pervs. This is early in the morning when she thinks uh, when when May just got back from really partying. She gets a something called a rabbit test. I don't know what that means. I've also never heard of this. Like this do is they have even rabbit tests hours. in Scotland. It's a paper. It's a it's a pregnancy test that you don't just pee on a stick. Maybe it didn't exist. Maybe that's the research he did. Like, did did pee on a stick exist back then? Nope. I have rabbit no test. idea. <laughs> but like, I, I can assure you, this is not this is not one of our things. We have the pee on the stick things. We're we're that civilized. He probably fired up Netscape and found out what you <laughs> used back then. So, so we find out that May is in fact pregnant. She's been pregnant. Yeah, it's been like. And then we get the great cover that we're gonna weeks. meme. Then we get the great meme cover that we're gonna have to do. Absolutely. And then we just see, like, the trials and tribulation of being a pregnant teen. It's a lot of, uh, you know, pre-Juno teen stuff. 
Can I wearing can a I, sweater, wearing sunglasses? Go ahead. Can I make a little a little interruption? Uh, I just googled the, the origin of rabbit test. Sure, go but ahead. The rabbit test became a widely used bioassay, animal-based test to test for pregnancy. The term rabbit test was first recorded in 1949 and was the origin of the common euphemism "the rabbit died" for a positive pregnancy test. I'd never in my life. What the fuck? heard That's any so reference to any of this but in this That's case like the rabbit died deep cut thing to put in this terrible like <laughs> raunchy sex comedy about spider-man's parents yeah do you That's... imagine would you imagine like american pie where they're like yeah but what about the rabbit test i yeah the thing is like this man uh shouldn't shouldn't have wrote this comic but i'm glad he did <laughs> i'm so glad he did we, uh, we come to issue four which has the amazing cover yeah. It's incredible. With the double face cover. So the girls are talking in a diner and May May they're just like kind of being bummed at how they how they find themselves in this predicament where she's pregnant and she might have to get an abortion. Um and she says, How'd nobody ever call me mom and how you'd end up with a kid uh, and how you'd end up with a kid if you ever got it it on before they were twenty. Talk about a waste of two good uh two good dollars, huh? So wait a minute. You're telling me that these two girls spent a dollar each and built an, a life philosophy. Their entire personality up to this point has been based on that? $2? They're, they're teenagers on $2. Oh, no, they're 18-year-olds. Yeah. Like, they, they really wholeheartedly believed this one fortune teller at a carny. Well, Jean Grey's mom had never done them wrong before. That's true. There, there's, there's two things I really want to bring up with uh, this scene in the diner. One of Please. them is the fact that like, May's supposed to be, like, weeks pregnant and, like, bloated from eating too much and, like, she's wearing sunglasses because she's always crying. Like, that's what's implied through, like, the dialogue. Right. Like I said, classic Juno, pre-Juno uh, pregnant clothes. Yeah. Go like, on. the way the Dodsons have drawn it, though, she looks like she's, like, a celebrity wearing sunglasses <laughs> to eat at a diner without the paparazzi finding her. They like, don't yeah. know how to draw a fat woman. They don't know how to. Well, she's not can't. big yet. That's she's not showing at all. It's like they don't know how to do unpretty. Yeah. Which, like, I I like the Dodson's art for what it is. It's just it feels like a really weird match for like the tone of the dialogue specifically. Well, I think if you were doing a teen raunchy like rom com sex comedy, it's totally perfect match. It's not a perfect match for serious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> serious teen pregnancy beats, which they throw in here for no reason. But anyways, uh, poor May realizes her whole life is a lie, and she immediately runs back home to to fuck the shit out of Richie. Um, Mary. She figures, my whole life is a lie. Why have I been depriving myself of this, uh, you know, Hampton's uh, fuckboy? And then we get the craziest <laughs> uh, thing I've ever seen for having sex. Uh, a rocket lifting <laughs> off. Flowers some Looney Tunes shit. Uh, somebody beating eggs in like a cake batter, a splash against a rock, and fireworks going off. Is that fireworks? I just thought it was cum. Like <laughs> I, I think it's meant to be fireworks. Just, Radioactive like, cum. Yeah. Well, that is a there's a precedent for that. Yeah. <laughs> like this is like one of these internal shots. Yeah, we flash forward to dark rain and the radioactive cum that would eventually kill Mary this Jane. Is, wow, Every, everything's connected. Everything everything rhymes. And then we find out, after all that, the sex wasn't even that good. 
Yeah, like there's like, a bit where like because Richie's like we've been at it for hours, and I'm like, Jesus, guys. But is that does that mean it's good or it's bad? It I, seems like they're bum. Like she does not look happy at all. She looks exhausted. She looks like she's like been through the war. Then he screams her name, and I guess like she I don't just know. fucked him so hard that like. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know what happens here. <laughs> I just want to say that this is like the only time I've I've seen any of them actually sweating during sex. Like this is everyone else looks perfectly kept uh clean, they're chatty and it it, it is in no way it, it is in no way how people mostly like then to like finish. Maybe I'm uh I'm speaking about like personal experiences, but this is like the only time a person has been like panting and sweating for once. It's but like she's that... also just looks like she just looks bored though. Yeah. It's like that scene in is it the first scary movie with the sex scene and like he comes so hard she hits the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> I always get that confused if it's that or uh It is that. Like it is, is like that... that scene because okay. she she had been like holding out, right? I always got confused if it was that or don't be a menace to society, but yeah, w- the Wayne's brothers scene where they get fucked to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. She like comes, um, like cummed onto the ceiling. So, so then we cut to May. She goes and sees, uh, just Ben who's been owned so many times. Oh no. She sees Richie. Richie. Yeah. She's, she's going she to see Richie. Who's he? He's fucked out. <laughs> yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he says he's drained. <laughs> I think he said his genitals were drained. Yeah, it's, it's like my genitals are starting to disintegrate, and I'm like, Jesus it's, Christ, dude! What the fuck? <laughs> things, things that pe- things that 18 year olds say. Um, uh, so she's like, you know, I think she's like a, whatever. Like I'm over it. <laughs> like she's gonna go fuck Ben again. Like yeah, it's she's great. just like bored of him now. Well, cause she's gonna tell him that she's pregnant, but she's like, wait a minute, I don't have to tell him I'm pregnant. I can just go tell Ben that I'm pregnant and then we can just like forget this ever happened. So it's like kind of a, kind of a pimp move. Ladies is pimp twos. Go ahead and brush your shoulder <laughs> off. So she goes, she goes to Ben to manipulate, to lie, to scheme. She fucks him again. On knowing May. that all this has happened. And then they have this moment where they're like, okay, I got to tell you something. He's like, I got to tell you something. Okay. Okay. I'm going to tell you something. You tell, you know, like they do that thing. And then he's like, you go first. And she says, okay, I'm pregnant. And then he just looks at her. And she's like, what were you going to say? And he goes, I'm sterile. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm looking at this art again. and His looks- face is the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> he is like the single prettiest man I've ever seen. He looks like fucking Lee Pace in the Hobbit movies. Why? He looks like a K-pop star. Why yeah. does... Why did... The Dodsons refused to like draw the other side of a nose. I've, oh my god! They gave him like the the eyes that they were giving the women the whole issue for the first time. He gets these these feminine eyes. I don't know why. Like there's like sided four lighting, lines on the a face. colorist. The colorist is like crying as he's <laughs> trying to figure out what, what's a light source, what isn't, <laughs> where does the nose end? There's I my guy Reaver. My guy Reaver said uh, this book. Uh, he was just trying to do what the other. He was just trying to honor his predecessor. Was he working already? On is, are we seeing his work? I don't want yeah, to be like this insulting or anything because this. No, is I don't like, think you're insulting him. He th- was like, that's not really what I color. Like he didn't. He he like literally was trying to color in someone else's style. But he was. I was asking him, like, what was that like, dude? This book looked kind of wild. And he's just like, oh, it was cool. <laughs> that's what <laughs> have a really weird style. 
Anyways, what me. that means is Ben realizes I've been cheated on. I've been duped. I've been had. I've been owned yet again. The ultimate cock. It cuts to the girls talking where she's like, he's sterile. And he's just like, what? And then May says how he got sterile. He says, <laughs> well, oh, she says, no, it turns out there's a million ways a guy can go sterile. You remember all those beatings he took as a kid? Because like they say earlier, like, oh, he got fucked up all the time, actually. All those times he ended up in the hospital because he had chronic bitch disease. <laughs> well, one time he got kicked in the private so hard that dot, dot, dot. So wait a minute. <laughs> the reason this man cannot have kids is because he was kicked so hard in the dick and balls <laughs> that it was literally like you could never have kids yeah. again. Uncle Ben is the biggest bitch in the world. That's crazy. Imagine Mark, how Mark Miller should be arrested for the crime he committed. To, I, to like they Uncle must ben have stomped his shit to literal. It must have been unrecognizable. It must have looked like hamburger meat. Like how hard <laughs> do you have to get kicked for like, your shit to just f- stop functioning? Of his all balls the things that I'm like, how did Marvel let this happen about this book? This is the most. I'm like, how did Marvel okay this? Like Uncle <laughs> Ben is like the worst character ever. I just. I just imagine a young Ben getting his balls stomped stomped to smithereens going, with great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, so you know how, like, Uncle Ben hasn't appeared in the Tom Holland version yet? Because they Mm -hmm. make, like, Tony Stark, like, the proxy. If they do, I want this Uncle Ben. (laughs) Yeah, please give us this Uncle Ben. Make this Uncle Ben canon in the MCU. What's his name again? A- A- Avi Arayad or whatever? Yeah, mm-hmm. Ariana Grande. Listen, I don't ask for much. I don't watch your fucking movies. I I will admit that. If I paid to see them in theaters. I, you know, I've seen a couple of them. I haven't seen all of them. I will go watch that movie. I promise you. If you give us this movie, shot for shot remake, I want it. Flashbacks. We need like, flashbacks to to trouble. Yeah, because the they, next they, they keep making, Spider-Man like, movie terrible like we're gonna do this with like spider-man movies but at sony like the weird black cat silver sable thing make this movie this is way better Mm -hmm. so now everybody knows everybody knows what happened except for you know mary doesn't know that her best friend fucked her boyfriend i mean she she pretty much knows though she's like including who your mystery man is like this whole time they've literally only seen each other and she's like who's this mystery man like may is like this this dumb idiot won't ever figure out who i'm talking about <laughs> yeah how has she not figured that like there's no like i feel like she has to be playing along in this like oh I, she is she says it later okay. she says at the she says at the bus stop like i fucking knew what are you talking about i'm not an idiot so then the two brothers uh, see each other. Ben is like, I'm fucking out of here. Why would I be around all these toxic individuals getting my balls stomped out uh, emotionally <laughs> after having them physically stomped out as a youth? I don't need this. After getting owned, after getting my head shoved in a toilet for this idiot. So he, you know, he leaves and uh, he then- says that his brothers, he says his brother, Richie, is pathetic. You're pathetic. You know that? I disagree. I think you're pathetic. No, I think I think Richie is pathetic in this moment because this is the least alpha move Richie yeah. has made where he just like starts crying and apologizing. And I'm like, you fucked his girl like 40 times. Yeah, he literally says like 40 something times. Yeah, and like got her pregnant like right after taking care of you from getting beaten up because you're that much of a chronic bitch. Like th- both of Insane. them were as bad as each other in this one scene. So then it cuts to um, the two girls. They're at the abortion clinic. 
And then May takes some pamphlets, goes home to try to figure out what she's going to do. And then she gets like talked to by, it's like a, they, they play out like a citizen's Ruth in her head. But like, for some reason they make the evil one, a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the, the pro abortionist is like dressed like a superhero. And the other one's just like a regular person. They're I'd, both her. I'd listen to They're the both, superhero. There's two little May. Yeah. You listen to the superhero. She's absolutely right. She's like, just go fucking, she says some of the craziest things. She says, uh, Trust me, liquidating that little creep's gonna be like passing a bad Mexican meal. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> the fuck? And she's also like, she's also a little creep. racist. It's, she went, she went like, yeah, super. So this woman's mind is a is a uh, hellscape. <laughs> yeah, it's like this explains why she's a psycho in this book. Yeah, she's got she's, little voices talking to her literally at this point. There is also the second mention here. I was going to mention it earlier in the diner scene of like. It's dropped very, like, matter-of-factly about the fact that her dad kicks the shit out of her mum. Yeah. Like, all of this, this is, like, the, the, the all of the stuff that happens, like, next is so that her dad doesn't find out about the fact that she's pregnant and <laughs> abuse her mother over it. Like, what fucking comic is this? Yeah, so she, she realizes that the easiest thing for everybody is if she just leaves. So she writes Mary a letter saying, like, yo, sorry. <laughs> My bad. My bad. This is another classic uh, May move. I'm I'm taking off. She's so just she like, leaves, well, it's your she fault hitchhike. for not fucking him. She hitchhikes and she gets into a station wagon with this just like hillbilly guy, and then uh, May sees Richie and they're just like, oh no, this is so sad. Then we get to the next issue with with May on the run. Um. Oh boy. So. <laughs> so yeah, now, just take a so now Mark Millar, he's uh, he's now he's now decided that this girl she's she's on the run, and she's uh she's just got a miserable life living in a trailer park. It's just like the kind of weird moralizing you would see in like a nineteen thirties uh romance comic where it's like oh the girl who sleeps around her life's gonna end up miserable like that kind of shit you know. It also feels like very like Reagan era like. Yes. PSA level, like fucking exactly. Don't be a slut, or you will have the worst life you've ever lived. She says, like, she has to wash her this dude's uh, underwear and come up with reasons not to have sex with him, and, and like, she can't go home. And she's eighteen, yeah, and he's like forty. What's that? Like, he must be like in his forties, like picking up teenage hitchhikers and taking them home and fucking them and like making this them is all criminal but, activity what we're saying but they're not yeah. fucking because she says uh he's trying to there well, he's trying like this, to she says you haven't met paulo is... she says, you haven't met paulo and i don't think you'd like him either he smells like battery acid which weird and and uh an import shower that sounds like a chronic disease smelling <laughs> like battery acid that's not that's not a normal human uh smell yeah, he says he imports shower cordoline. I don't even know what that means for a living. I think it's shower curtains. The the lettering is just super weird because it's it's yeah. like a, oh a, that's right that's right it's like like a yeah ladder. Ladder. really bad. Yeah, my bad. I don't even know what that means. Like, it, how was a how was a shower curtain importer living in a trailer park? She's would... got she's got her big fat diary with the words diary <laughs> on it. Which is a plot device from early on when she's like monologuing about her life. But about she says she makes up excuses for boring bitches who don't live. 
Yes, that like like early on, it's it's like Miller is is uh like psychoanalyzing the existence of diaries. <laughs> from uh, from the wild child's point of view, though, to be fair. Yes. So, anyways, she she's like, you'd hate this dude that I'm living with. I have to make excuses not to fuck him. And as soon as she starts getting pregnant, she's worried that he's gonna like wife her up or or beat the shit out of her. <laughs> But she can't go home because her parents are fundamentalists, which made me laugh because it's like, uh, in this era, like, I remember that. Like, being a neocon, being a fundamentalist, that was like if you were just like, uh, like a MAGA, you know, a MAGA chud. You know what I mean? Like, that, it was just like synonymous. So, like, I don't think that that would have been a concern in the 70s. I think she would have just said uh, her parents are normal. <laughs> her parents are just like other yeah. parents. They would, like, at that time do crazy shit if their kids probably got abortions. But she decides, like, I got to run again. So she goes to the bus stop and somehow May knows she or Mary knows she's there. So she meets her at the bus at the bus station and just starts, like, ripping into her. Yeah. Like, this like, is, like, she's, savage. Uh, She's got sunglasses on. So she says, oh, is this new, has this new guy been slapping you around? It's like, what? She's his sunglasses. She's, oh. Yeah, which she, he's not, by the way. Like she takes off the sunglasses. She's she's not. She's they not never battered. show any scene of this dude uh, being like abusive. Yeah, and then she says, "Good, you deserve it. You deserve every kick and punch. In fact, I hope he hits you so hard sometime that you end up in the hospital and lose your stupid baby." Peter Parker's parents, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> this His is Peter Parker that I'm talking about. His actual mom talking to Aunt May. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck. <laughs> And then she's like, oh, so he told you? And she's like, I fucking knew. But that also means <laughs> like, that she wishes that Peter was aborted, who ends up being her son. So absolutely nuts. This so, Miller fucking oh, with everybody. Like a champ. So they talk, and then she realizes, like, they realize the solution. May is like, look, I feel really bad, actually. Like, if you're getting your ass beat and you're going to have this kid on the road, like, yeah, probably not good. So, so we cut to, uh, she said she has a plan and then we cut six months later. So the kid is now born. We cut to Richie fixing a car cause he's given, he's given Ben his Mustang. And then for some uh, reason he's, he's talking to his dad. Well, we know why. <laughs> cause he, he's like, I, I ruined this dude's life yeah. way too much. Like I, at least the least I could do is give him my Mustang. Yeah, he's been he's been guilting uh, the Mustang on Ben the whole the whole series. So then uh, we cut to or well then uh, then we find out May, Mary's plan. She walks up to the garage and she's got the baby. She's got little Peter Parker, and ruins his life. <laughs> like he was fixing cars. Well, yeah, he, she ruins his life. She she makes him become a CIA agent after this. Yeah. So that's why he takes the job. That's the only reason. So, so she says, she says, hey, uh, you know how I was pregnant? Well, this is your kid. And he's like piecing it together in real time. Like, wait a minute. Let me do the math here. <laughs> no, you weren't pregnant. Couldn't be mine. And then he's like, oh, shit. She, that's probably is my kid. <laughs> <laughs> so then like, he, does, he doesn't want to like show in front of his dad because his dad is there like while they're having this conversation. He's just like, uh. I like that. I like that. Uh, Richie cracks out the yellow square shirt one last time. Oh yeah, just for the yeah, just for fashions, just to like just to stunt. 
Yeah. It's also like a miracle that she showed up and like revealed this in front of his dad and his dad didn't immediately start beating the shit out of yeah, him. Yeah, he doesn't get any lines. He's like, hmm. That's, his dad's just like, oh, weird. He's just What's chill the... with his like 18-year-old son suddenly being a father out of nowhere. He's like, well, son, time to do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, we find out that the, the plan was they brought May-, May back to the to the fucking uh, camp slash country club. Those people are super chill now. They're not evil anymore. They they fucked once and got over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The power of fucking uh, fixed it. And then they just like hid her away there to have the baby so that when the baby was born, May could go back home with her fundamentalist parents and they won't like, you know, uh, kill her or whatever. And then she was going to take the baby to prove that Richie loves her. See if that he would accept it. And if not, then he didn't deserve to to be with her in the first place. And it's like, okay, he didn't deserve to be with you in the first place. Yeah. yeah that, what is this and or? There's no like, additional cheat- test necessary. Like, Peter Yeah, no test necessary. He cheated on you with your best friend. He cheated with her on her best friend and uh, with his brother's girlfriend and got her pregnant. He destroyed, <laughs> so he destroyed like, families over but, this. He made Jean Grey's mom not a liar. That's true. It all comes <laughs> That's out. That's what he was there for. All on a technicality, all an asterisk. She was right. Like, you know, I bet I bet the other the other Grey psychics were like, oh, look, Jean Grey's mom's an idiot. She's like, just wait, just wait, just wait. <laughs> You're about to find out. Like, years so, and years later when, like, Spider-Man is saving, like, buses in downtown, Jean Grey's mom is just somewhere being like, I fucking told you so. You didn't listen to me. I could have, you could have all, this all could have been avoided if you would listen to me, but now nah, you look stupid. So have fun. So, so then we cut to the wedding of the century. Peter Parker's parents getting married. <laughs> Uncle Ben, I, I mean, cuckold Ben is, <laughs> is giving a toast. He's giving a toast about how great these two are. In, uh, incredible. One last humiliation. Two of the worst. Yeah. Just the ultimate cuck move. Although now we learned out that he's kind of a pimp. Like ever since he got that Mustang, uh, he's been like getting with chicks he's been like doing cool guy shit That's not just being a little bitch it proves once and for all that batman forever is right and that chicks do dig the car yeah that's it's, all it took. it's true if, if his brother would have let him took that car earlier this again this all could have been avoided honestly he wouldn't be dead today if he would have just driven earlier but then yeah so he's given the toast and then may is there and he's just like, oh shit! It's one of the worst. It's the worst. It's the woman who uh, made me super depressed and yeah. got, made me get my life. ass kicked and made me like drink literal shit water. So does does May basically uh, Forrest Gump, Uncle Ben? <laughs> what? Like she she lives this wild life. She's super crazy, fucked up, and then comes back uh, and gets like Forrest to take care of her. Well, the thing is, like we we do know that Ben. He he's he's trying to he's he's changed his life he's driven that car, but at his heart he's a simp. Yes. So he sees her and immediately he's like, he'll always go oh, back to up, his bitch girl? ways. Like, yeah, he gives her his phone number and they run off and that's like the end of the book and it's like, well, you know what happens here, the end. Like, <laughs> what what like happens here is that Uncle girl, Ben gets shot. <laughs> his new girl <laughs> is uh, his is new girl's just some like his new girl just some like random. His new girl's just some random babe with, like, brown hair. They run off together, but then, you know, we see Mary Jane with the number, and then or May. And then, yeah, then after that, we know he gets shot. Great power comes great responsibility. She looks hella old. 
Peter Parker, his, his parents are dead. His dad was in the CIA. He got murdered. Um, yeah. And that's, that's how Spider-Man came to be. That was trouble. Why, why it's called trouble. The origin of I... Spider-Man. <laughs> so any takeaways from this book? <laughs> I, I have no idea how this comic came to be. Like, it feels like a cascade of decisions that someone should have stepped in and say, like, hang on a minute, let's maybe rethink this. <laughs> and yet, I'm so glad it came out exactly the way it is. Yeah. Because I think it's genuinely perfect. They asked him, uh, if they asked Miller if it was hard for him to get in touch with his inner teen, he says, actually, surprisingly <laughs> easy. <laughs> I've never, I've never left. I've him. always maintained that we, you know, you don't need to do the Scottish accent. We got August here. That's the thing. Like I know where he grew up. Like I know where, like the exact kind of like working class, like East Coast Scotland background. It's nothing like this. <laughs> so he says. But he says, "Uh, are the films that we've seen is exactly like yeah. this." Yeah, he says, "Uh." Actually, I've, I've maintained that we don't really change much just as we get a little hairier as time goes on. And I don't see much progress That's between disgusting. me then and, and uh, between me now as a man and me then at 16. I mean, I still can't drive. Wow. What a what a legend. He just admits that he'll always be the horny teenager that he was. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, yeah, the reason why this came about, like I said, it was a heat check. Like Marvel, I think, was just like, want to do, uh, like we're doing this epic line. We can do like different stories. Like it seems like the black label kind of thing. Just knowing like the any any other comics that came out from this epic line. Uh, Akira was apparently on the list. <laughs> like I looked it up earlier and I was like, what the fuck? Because apparently it was uh, around in the nineties as well, and then came back in the two thousands. Yeah, it was supposed to but be like... where they could put like creator own stuff, so that like the so that they wouldn't create things like Miller World and you know what whatever Bendis's thing is called, like all these different Jinx World or whatever. And so yeah, that they, I mean, it's so that they wouldn't, it's so that the writers wouldn't make their own image comics. Yeah. yeah, like this feels like if you like sanded off all the file, like they filed off all the serial numbers of this comic and like changed the names, it could just be published as like a image comic today. Yeah, I I disagree a little bit in the sense that I don't know why anybody would give a fuck about any of these characters unless they have those names on them. Yeah, it's it's really, like it is it's like, the the secret sauce that makes the magic. Yeah, so yeah. they asked him. So Marvel's relaunching Epic, and you're doing the first story. Why a romance? What made this genre intriguing and interesting to you? He said, "I like." <laughs> I need to know the answer. He said, to this. "I like to surprise people." I remember after writing a very frightening <laughs> book like Swamp Thing, people said it was insane to give me Superman adventures. Actually, I don't think they said anything after that. But he said, after writing something charming like Superman Adventures, eyebrows were raised and I was given a hard-ass book like Authority. Now, after two or three years of writing superhero team books, I want a radical departure. And the first of these is a romance book. I'm very, very interested in writing stuff that anyone can read. And I'm almost there because my wife is actually coming... Remark... My wife is actually coming remarkably close to reading comics for the first time in her life. I've been doing this for a few oh, no. years, and the Ultimates books are the first things that I've written she's actually flicked through more than 10 seconds. <laughs> My ambition is to write a comic where she reads the whole thing, and Trouble <laughs> and trouble is probably my most serious attempt at this. It also struck me as strange when romance is such a huge part of cinema, television, and literature that it's such a long time since anyone attempted it in mainstream comics. I'm dying These here. things used to sell in huge numbers, and with the right approach, I think this genre could be a force to be reckoned with, especially in bookstores, which is a very important market. So he was—I think he's right about that. But the problem is, 
This book He's... got canceled, or like this was a Bill Hemis, I think, or I forget who who was the editor that like Jemis? spearlined it. Yeah, but it was him and Joe Casado. Right. So it was their thing, and they got they left before this ever got collected into a trade. Now, I don't think <laughs> it was gonna pop off huge just because it went into bookstores. Maybe. Yeah. But like. It kind of thing. I kind of feels like he was doing like a manga kind of thing. You know what I mean? It, yeah. A little bit in the in the sense that um, there's definitely they understood that there was a a market for different genres of comics. The mistake that they made is like, oh yeah, let's write those genres ourselves, even though we have no actual experience in what those genres are supposed to be. We're just gonna get Marvel creators to figure out a romance. Yeah, it's and, like. Mm-hmm. If this had happened, like, like to compare it to, like, today's comic market, like, DC would do this with, like, their young adult imprint line and get, like, an actual young adult author in yeah. mm-hmm. and, like, build it from the ground up from that as opposed to just being, like, uh, who's available? Uh, Mark's free because he just finished Ultimates. Let's kick it to him. Mark just got an idea. He was watching American Pie. They said, uh... They asked, how do you gear yourself up to write romance? How is it working on that different than the Ultimates or Superman or any other comic? He says, it depends on the period you're working in. A romance book back in 2000 when I was writing Authority and Ultimate X-Men would have bombed because characterization was much less important for a little while. What? <laughs> people, He's making a wild excuses People here. wanted spectacle in cinema and comic books. Now, however, even a hundred... 80 million, uh, even 800 million grossing summer flick like Spidey is a character piece. It's a romance, but so is Ultimate Spider Man, by the way. Yes, Ultimate Spider Man has much better uh, relationships. The number one book last year was The Ultimates, and it's a superhero character study, for God's sake. It's just another romance, as you'll see in many ways. There's never been a better time to launch something like this. Comics have evolved to the point where I think we do this character interplay thing very, very well, and people seem to be enjoying it more than the f- fist side of the stories based on the feedback we're getting. So, um, and he says it's, they asked who it's aimed at. He says, well, it's aimed at everyone. We're talking about a book set in the Marvel universe to a very small extent and dealing with teenage relationships in a whole new way. Definitely a whole new way. Like you have to give him credit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like technically I, I agree with everything <laughs> he's saying, but the fact that from that came, this book in particular. Yes, he's talking about a completely different book. We yeah. a book we'll never read that makes sense and is completely justified in everything he's saying. Because like, that's I not feel what like he wrote. He's kind of ahead of his time and talking about like where like comics fandom would go when it hit like Tumblr yeah. and like the boom mm-hmm. of like shipping and kind of stuff totally. like that. And yeah, no, like, this book would have been of... hot if it would have been like a little more nuanced, <laughs> like a tad, like maybe not fucking every single thing. <laughs> You know, but like, I think, I think what was happening around this time was like Smallville and that's that Smallville was just a teen like romance show where the superpowers were were background. Like, you know, if you, I think that shit still would work. It's like Roswell that, I mean, you know, that's kind of the template for like half the shit you see out today. Like all the, like the flash Supergirl shows are like mostly just that Mm -hmm. from what I understand. Yeah, and yeah. and and they they do it. They actually do romance though. This is still like <laughs> slapstick bro comedy. Well, this yeah. is basically. I wish that it was more like this in the new thing because I would watch those shows if it was just 
everybody wildly that's, that's fucking That's what would each finally other. get you to watch Arrow? Yeah. 100%. I would watch, I would go back to The Flash if it was more like Trouble. <laughs> he says, uh, he's, he continues in that thing, uh, I think regardless of who you are or whether you sit down or stand up to pee, crazy thing to say, you're going to identify with the subject matter. However, it's also worth remembering that this is the launch book of Marvel's brand new line and probably the most ambitious program in their history. This is the comic book project Greenlight, and we shouldn't underestimate the amount of attention this is going to get. We've got the previews cover and three or four pages inside for the launch title alone, so it's going to be accompanied by a high amount of promotion in the comic book stores, and Project Greenlight aspect is something the mainstream media are doing huge stories on next week. So people are going to know it's out there, and then it's collected, and the bookstores, I think that's where we really get to see if this book is reaching a whole new demographic. It's going to be racked near the teen romance fiction, and my great hope is that a whole new generation of people who wouldn't consider picking up X-Men will try this catalyst between prose, fiction, and regular comic books that may encourage them to pick up other material by creators and companies. It's a comic book missionary work in that sense. It's definitely missionary. Nothing else. Well, yeah, there's definitely a lot of missionary right. in this What book. comic did he think he was writing? <laughs> It's fascinating to, to, to hear this uh, interview because he's not wrong ab- about comics and where they're going. Yeah, there's there's one but last like, thing where he talks about how uh, like he could have done X-Men and get the royalties forever. He could have done more Ultimates and like, you know, it's the highest selling war comic of a generation. He's like, <laughs> but chose to do trouble. What's that? And he chose to do trouble. He said, I just wanted to see if we can do... S- the same with people shagging instead of fighting. <laughs> I just love Heat that to tech. him. Like, this is exactly like Ultimates, but with fucking. Like, that's yeah. so wild. And now, actually, like, August, I think we mm-hmm. need to have you on to do Ultimates down the line. <laughs> like, but there's yeah, no other way I, that we can do that show. Because this is, we need this to is do a, a primer. Mark Miller, like, creative retrospect. This is the other side of the coin. Like, this is his romance version of Ultimates. I gotta know what the other side of that coin is. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna be able to sleep at night without knowing what the fuck... Like, you know, I remember it a little bit, but I don't remember it that well, so... Oh, I, I reread it, like, earlier during pandemic, and it's it's wild. Yeah, M- Miller's dr- writing this as, like, what if the, the, the Hulk was getting cheated on, but he couldn't Hulk out and chase Freddie Prince Jr.? He was just a useless bitch. Uh, what if instead of Ben Grimm saying it's clobbering time, if he said it's cuckolding time and he just got owned, <laughs> like it, his girlfriend just got fucked by Johnny Storm? It's essentially what I, I would read that book too. After reading this, <laughs> yeah. after reading Trouble, I would I would love the prequel to the Fantastic Four. Like I'm genuinely sad the Epic Imprint didn't take off and have a million of these books in particular. Imagine the fucktastic four right next to Trouble on the stand, oh, and you have oh like these four awkward-looking sixteen, fifteen-year-old models, straight, straight from yes. from Little Saint James. You get whole pages of paragraphs uh, talking about Ben Grimm's uh, Magnum Rock. <laughs> the dick. four kids are just in in a just like laying on top of each other, like you know, like shirtless, <laughs> just kind of like you know. Look at Reed is just wrapped around all no, of them. No, because they're I mean it's a photograph. I'm talking about the covers. Oh, you're, you're talking about the covers. You're talking about the cover, about the covers. Yeah. I just want just real uncomfortable f- the Fantastic Four. It says Fucktastic Four. 
And yeah, it's uh, it's it's like UK skins. Everyone's just like yes. lying on each other. Because that's the thing. Like skins is more akin to what, like, it's it's a very early two thousands thing. And like I know Miller grew up in like what am I assuming was the seventies. I don't know how old he actually He's is. He's fifty one. Like apparently when he was writing this, he was like uh, like thirty four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ish. So like he he would have like grown up kind of like like turned 20-ish in like the the 80s so like that's more like what british kind of youth like it's a lot more like kind of debauched and like going on raves in the middle of fields <laughs> and like like there's there's like where i come from at least like if you didn't take your first drink from like a plastic bottle in the middle of a field at 4 a.m like you didn't start drinking yeah wow that's beautiful that's so, a beautiful like, image. I can kind of see where that kind of culture has influenced what, like, a teen shagging book is, in his words. <laughs> but also making that very American is a super weird mix. Yeah. Well, like, it's not that American, though. It's not. It's just, like, it's American it's just got, like, in the American sense... wallpaper. It's American in the sense that, like, he's never... Like, he had never lived here or, like, you know, understood what the culture was like. But was like, I got it. I watched a movie or two in my day. <laughs> There's a Hamptons. There's a Hamptons yeah. around. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways. Oh, what a comic. Yeah, that was that was trouble. Um, August, what, what's been going on with you? How's it going over there? How's how's Scotland? Uh, it's fine. You know, there's a pandemic on. Yeah. Um, and oh, you, just you, you after... got one of those over there, too? Yeah, it sucks. It's not great. Um, just after Christmas, uh, I think it was like literally on Boxing Day. Um, the entire country went into lo- like full lockdown again. Yeah. So we've been dealing with that for the past kind of like three weeks now. I don't remember what time it is. Um, so like there's there's no shops open apart from like sp- specific supermarkets and stuff like that. So it's been kind of a flashback to early last year um which is great i'm I'm like waiting for that the thing is like i haven't i haven't done anything other than like early lockdown activities you know what i mean yeah i just can't wait for everyone to be miserable and secluded like me just out of spite uh for the rest of the world because like the the last kind of two weeks i haven't gotten any work done i've spent the entire day i got a a a PC, like a gaming PC for Christmas, which I'm very thankful to my mom for buying me, and have been smoking joints and playing Halo. <laughs> so that's, that's therapeutic. You know, if I owe anyone like an email or like a writing piece, it's because I'm high playing Halo 2 anniversary, and there's not a whole lot I can do about that. You're, you're <laughs> medicating, you're taking <laughs> therapy. For sure. yeah. You got to euphemize. Let it. me ask you a question because I, I honestly like, I try to read about Brexit and stuff. Yeah. And I just, I honestly don't understand what the EU or the United Kingdom is, frankly. <laughs> okay. Can you explain the Brexit? Can you explain Brexit? Like, because now we're at a turning point, right? We're at like the point where it's like, you're fully in now. Yeah, we are, we are fully, Brexit has officially happened. Um, so, so uh, the, the UK is officially Brokeson. Brokeson. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's no money. There's no food. Nothing can get in or out of this stupid fucking poison island full of tariffs. Um, that, 
that's the other thing I want to talk about after that because I feel like sorry go continue uh so basically like like I I don't know how serious you are in me actually explaining Brexit. No, I'm pretty serious because I don't know. I've got, like, I've got a lot the, of dumb listeners. listeners. Okay, so <laughs> essentially the United Kingdom is the United Kingdom of Scotland, England, uh, Wales, and Northern Ireland, um, but not the Republic of Ireland, which is the rest of the island for very specific reasons we can't get into. Sure. Um, and that is considered one kind of overall sovereign state. It's alternatively called Great Britain because of other reasons. Um, so Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland are all ostensibly ruled by England's parliament, England's kind of like high uh, government, sure. um, which none of us are happy about. Um, which is why you also heard about Scottish independence a while yep. back, um, which we're trying to get back to. So are you, you are a proponent of that? You think that's like the way to go? I, yeah, I'm... Just so you don't have to deal with Prince Andrew anymore? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm kind of past the point of thinking that we will convince England to, like, treat us seriously. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing, because, so, like, Scotland's like, pretty progressive, right? Like, consider, like, compared to... Compared England, to England, certainly, yeah. yeah. Like, um, England feels like a bit of a ball and chain for, for yeah, the they, progressive been, corners. So, for like, we have a very different kind of political party system than the US, where, where, like, I know you guys do have more than two parties, but the other parties basically don't matter. Yeah. Yes. Um, whereas we have, we've, like, in the past couple of years, it has kind of fed into the same idea but we have like a fair amount more um kind of party system and the party that's been in power for the past like decade and a half it feels like um has been the conservatives which is basically our version of your republicans right, the they are the yeah they are the right-leaning uh uh party yeah the fundamentalists um, yeah pretty much uh <laughs> if you know about margaret thatcher she was a tory um, and she ruined the entire country. Um, so yeah, a bunch of kind of xenophobic multimillionaires realized that they could make money out of Britain leaving the EU, which is the European Union, which is the kind of political uh, state union between. Where is the where is the financial incentive there? As in, like it. It, how, it's all tax how do reasons. how do they justify ah like the regulations of the European Union that yeah. they want to sk it's skirt all, from? A lot of the Tories are in positions where they can make money off of kind of weird tax breaks and loopholes, or they're mates with people that they can like subcontract privatized kind of stuff to, and make money out of there. Like there's there's. A surprising amount of corruption going on behind the scenes in Parliament, which is no surprise to anyone who's ever looked at government. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, like Boris Johnson, who is the current Prime Minister, was one of the guys that kicked it all off, um, along with Nigel Farage, who attempted to be Trump's, like, British uh, Ted Cruz. The true nonce. Like, yeah, he, I... he really wanted to suck up to Trump. When I first saw Boris Johnson, I was like, this isn't real. He yeah. cannot, you cannot, 
I cannot believe that you guys have a, a UK Donald Trump. Like we one hundred percent do, and like if anything, I do have to give the motherfucker some credit, in which I don't. I I fully believe that Trump is like naive enough to believe in his own bullshit. Like none of that's really an act. I don't mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't think it Boris could Johnson, be because there's no way you could be that funny about it if it was. I fucking maybe, um, maybe it is all it's, work. It's like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you couldn't, you, you could, you'd have to crack every once in a while. You know what I mean? You would have to think so. Like, I, I like, I'm sure even a comedic genius like Trump Ricky Gervais, is, like, shoot that stupid, even a comedic genius like Ricky Gervais would have to like, you know, kind of, kind of crack up once in a while when he's making these kind of <laughs> buffoonish jokes as, as the office, you know, when he played the office, um, <laughs> yeah, I've never actually watched it because I fucking hate Ricky Gervais. Um, yeah, so they they all kind of scapegoated like the financial problems that Britain was uh, undergoing ever since like the big two thousand eight recession and stuff like that that we never really recovered from on immigrants. Yeah, but they very specifically focused it on like. Syrian refugees at the time like that was like one of their big things of like these ferries coming over the channel for like ferrying Syrian refugees in the country looking for asylum and they kind of went look these are the people that are going to take your jobs your money dilute your culture and all of the fucking stupid things that white supremacist kind of far right people scapegoat onto immigrants and their decision after that was to stop emigration from the european union where none of those people were coming from right and to do that they had to break away from it and like sort of sever all the ties to that yeah now but like so like the the interesting thing though is like jeremy corbyn at first he had like a muddy sort of uh stance on it right because it's not as simple like it's not simple to be uh it's not simple to be pro labor and also sort of in favor of that kind of like globalism, like that unchecked neoliberalism, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the Labor Party has had the weirdest past couple of years where, like, I, I think there are genuinely people who are like fairly radically left, uh, given like the wider system actually in kind of parliament and in what we have is uh MPs, members of parliament, um as opposed to like the Senate or whatever you guys have. Um like those are like the real like politicians that make decisions and do big votes. And I think there were some people in Labour that had like genuine leftist kind of bordering on socialist beliefs that kind of run afoul of your like traditional kind of capitalist liberalism that's very like soft opposition towards the far right because they want peace because of money right um well it's like like they they just kind of it's almost the same exact system here except for they're just they've been able to sort of more effectively fuck themselves over yeah Um, pretty much um because watching labor infight over who is or isn't anti-Semitic based on what they may or may not have said, which most of the time ended up being people speaking out about Israel. Yeah. 
and that being taken as anti-Semitic by Zionists, which is, like, a whole other fucking issue going on. Yeah, well, like, so, um, like, the thing is, they can say, like, you could say, oh, I'm against, like, an apartheid state in Israel. So, wow, you yeah. hate Jews. And it's like, no, yeah. I, I hate apartheid states. And they're like, oh, okay, that's exactly what an anti-Semite would say. Like no, it's not. It's a different yeah, thing. Yeah, over over here or like in the states, uh, anti-Semitism will be that. For example, uh, criticizing the state of Israel, but like when Bernie Sanders's campaign offices were like getting like uh, death threats, that's fine. When they that's yeah, not... when they when they're holding up like Nazi flags at Bernie Sanders' rally, yeah. uh, rallies, that's a okay. But him like mildly criticizing the genocide of the Palestinian people. That's a no-no. I mean, it was amazing because you saw, like, I I was paying attention when Corbin was being called an anti-Semite, and I was like, this is absolutely insane. Like, this is maybe the Such nicest guy in the man. entire world. <laughs> he just he's yeah, just trying like, to like he, he tend to his garden, you know, get people healthcare, like do these things that yeah. uh, doing like food drives. I, mm-hmm. I like I feel like in most of these situations, he was literally like uh, volunteering in like uh, kitchens. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, like, uh, um, so he's doing all that kind of shit, and there's, like, he's terrible, he's an anti-Semite, and we're watching that on play from the States, knowing that the only reason they couldn't do that to Bernie was because he's he Jewish. Jewish. And even then, yeah. they were like, he might not be. <laughs> no, what they did was they uh, accused him of uh, emotionally gaslighting people for being loud or whatever. Yeah, thankfully Bernie Sanders was a man, which is a uh, criminal offense. <laughs> well, it was that, and it was also they because they didn't have that one. They went to like the second reserve, which was, well, he was pro Castro, because they found some Jesus. clip where he was like, oh, you know, Castro taught a lot of people how to read, and it it got them good health care, and like we should look at those things and like implement, you know, good things that he did and admonish the bad things. But they're like, oh, so he just wants to have a. A socialist revolution and like kill yeah, just kill. play that on loop in florida yeah and it was just it was insane because like you they would show obama saying literally the same thing and they would just be like ah it's different <laughs> it's like for yeah. yeah it's different but so like it was fine because he's insane a war to watch it it was insane to watch it be so effectively done over there and then try yeah it really stole like absorbed all the momentum from from corbin try yeah, yeah. It was and then ridiculous but they left like you know the the left party there the labor party they left him out to dry like they they only let him run so that he could fail they could run these attacks on him and that he wouldn't have any power anymore because he got close yeah. last time yeah like i i genuinely believe that he could have won um without that interference but like he just got completely like fucking caesar fucking stabbed on the yeah. steps of the it's like you're playing with your team playing against you yeah the, um, the sort of global neoliberal project they need that they need to be losers to a certain degree to like right-wing mm. fascists mm-hmm. but the problem mm. is you toy with that and then you get donald trump who you know like that's one step removed from erdogan you know it's just it's exactly like you know we talked about on the show before like in chile in the 70s they they were like oh we can't have we can't have a leader in chile salvador allende like in control of his country's resources they put they dropped the cia and they dropped peter parker's dad in the piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) he killed allende and they installed pinochet who was a ruthless dictator but he acted in the interest of of, ne- of of the neoliberal like you know that next movement that like next a reign of terror yeah. 
they they prefer a reign of terror. Uh, like if they're if they'll uh, hand the oil over, yes. <laughs> if they'll hand the lithium over, yes. There's no, there's consequences never a question be damned. That if you're gonna you know it's it's ruthless. Elon Musk needs to build more terrible cars. And so uh, election comes around, and uh, the Labour Party is it? Did uh, didn't another party also come up that was basically like we're centrist Labour? Yeah, there was a, a bunch of stuff going on, and like UKIP was trying to make a, a comeback, which is like the UK Independence Party, which is like where the actual like we say that we're Nazis, Nazis live. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, like the Conservatives are just like we we are Nazis, but we're not gonna like talk about it on the BBC. But the UKIP will go on and be like, no, we want to genocide all the immigrants. You're Sarge, you're the cods, you're you're mean God or whatever. You're you're Dan yeah. McCade types. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, and they're, they're <laughs> all kind of just, like, were allowed to speak. Like, no one really pushed back on them. Like, they got a lot of time. Like, one of the more important kind of um, political shows in the UK is called Question Time on the BBC, which is literally just, like, a, a round panel discussion between a bunch of politicians and uh, an open mic audience. Um, and they kept having UKIP people on it. A lot. And, like, even though people would, like, mildly boo them whenever they said something, like, a little too racist, like, they, com- they like, were below that platform for a long time. It's a full platforming. It's, it's like... Uh... It's, in, it's incredible, also, by the way, to see, like, like I, I was joking, but, like, Carl Benjamin, Sergeant of Akkad, literally mm-hmm. was, like, one of the main figures in that. And so was that, like, dude yeah. who got arrested for being a Nazi on, like, 4chan or whatever. And, like... To see those guys having just know who they were because they were like supporting Comicsgate like a couple of years ago, and just knowing yeah. that like, fuck, like we are so lucky <laughs> that we were able to stop like you know, fucking Ethan Van Skyver from becoming some sort of you know political figure in a real way. Oh you know God. what I mean? Like because there are yeah. only two party systems here, and like luckily there was like you know, Ethan Van Skyver never became the head of like the fucking libertarian party yeah, he decided to stay on indiegogos yeah that would have been absolutely nauseating to see that shit yeah it's it's really really weird it is straight up like because uh sargon of Akkad specifically also uh was like one of the main figureheads of gamergate originally right. like he's one of those guys that was like obsessed with how much he hated anita sarkeesian and like that was his big original platform, and then he just spread out from there into being a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, it's like the the Gamergate people who like start off in Gamergate, they just become hate farms, and after the trend is done, they they need to just keep going with it. Yeah, and it's like it's it's very and like we all said this when Gamergate and Comicsgate happened at the time is that like they're coming from very like reactionary. Uh, places and like reactionary politics almost always leads towards very far right leaning thinking like that's where the Nazis prey is reactionary circles in order to because like someone will have a gut reaction against uh, something in the news about like Thor's a girl now and he was never a boy and they go like that's not right that's not how I want my comics and then someone will be in their ear being like oh it was the sjw's 
And then you were like, yeah, it was the SJWs. And then there's 12 YouTube videos with the same subject. Yeah. Yeah. And as they get more and more into that, they can start switching towards and like, and it's also the Jews. Yeah. And it's also the immigrants. And then all of a sudden they're at a Klan rally. And it's like, I'm like, I think we're maybe months away from watching the same thing happen in the fucking Star Wars fandom with a Star Wars theory in that. It's never a clan rally. It's a free thinkers rally. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. They just have very specific hooded free thinking robes. Mm-hmm. I-, I think the nice thing is, uh, if there's any solace, is like a lot of that stuff is, is kind of dying out. Like, a lot of those people's platforms have been sort of like n- neutralized. Just, yeah. I think because it was a fad. Like, you, three years ago, two years ago, that shit was inundating like youtube you could get millions of views doing that shit make real money doing it and you had you know uh rich people you know just sort of funding it because it's like you know it benefits them to get young 12 13 year olds who like watch a mind uh a a minecraft video and then suddenly they're a nazi like five clicks later you know yeah and like it's why guys like steven crowder and ben shapiro have like multi-millionaire like yeah. backings is so that yeah, that's they where can the money is. chill shit for them. Yeah. Their heart's not in it. And that's, yeah. that's part of why I feel like, you know, doing like getting any kind of voice and like, you know, sort of platforming any actual leftist voices. Like why I wanted you on, even though it's like, well, you, <laughs> you don't write comics. You're not, you know, you don't have like a huge, uh, like Twitter following anything, but like, hopefully I, I am, I, I would like to write, yeah, uh, comics. I know you're working on stuff. That's what I was going to get to in a second. But, you know, having having a place where you could come in and talk about shit so people could see, oh, you know, August is cool, whatever, whatever. Like, that's the whole point. That's like, you know, you have to... And for a long time, people had ceded that space to the, to the alt-right. And it was... Yeah. It was fr- frustrating for me as somebody making comics that, like, every single time... I would like search my name. It would just be like some alt-right framing of, of me, you know, like on YouTube or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ramon decided to uh, bring me into the podcast and he's like, I want everybody to insult Daniel with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that's the thing exactly. is Daniel should be insulted. I shouldn't be insulted. Yeah. The platforming that Ramon is doing is the shark tank <laughs> the or like the tank with the ball yeah. as the guy sitting on it. That's the kind of platforming that we're doing here for me. I just take pot shots at the target to like dunk yes. in the tank while talking about like Marxist comic book <laughs> <Yes>. theory. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So what are you working on before we before um, we start wrapping up? I'm working on a couple things actually. Um, me and my boyfriend, uh, V. Richards, are working on a comic. It's a short eight-page comic that we're probably going to just put out for free online. Nice. Um, called "When I Dream It Feels Like Drowning." Um, which is like a surreal kind of psychological horror kind of um, extrapolated from my own experiences with like dissociation and hallucinations and like depression and stuff like that. Um, I think it's looking killer. Um, it's it's kind of something I've had in the back of my brain for a while. Like a very specific scenes have been images that have been with me for like a, a good few years and he is just killing the pages and i cannot wait for uh that to come out um i'm also kind of working on my critical work as well i'm gonna be back at multiversity comics kind of writing more for them after taking a bit of a sabbatical um and yeah i'm also working on a novel which is a 
kind of ode to 70s kind of B-movie rape revenge flicks called uh, They Left Me in a Shallow Grave, which is also very inspired by James O'Barr's The Crow. Love that. So, um, yeah, some some pretty cool stuff, I think. Yeah, when it comes uh, out, uh, let me know, and then we'll have you back on so we can talk about Ultimates and that, <laughs> and that you know what I mean? Yeah. This, that'll, be, that'll be perfect. But, uh, yeah, so... Daniel, or where can they follow you before we start? Oh, uh, I'm on Twitter at In the Wake of Dawn. Um, I think I'm also on Instagram at August In the Wake of Dawn, but I rarely use that, and I don't really use Facebook. Um, you can also find my bylines at multiversitycomics.com, um, panel by panel. I've done essays and a couple of issues of that, and at shelfdust.com. Awesome, Daniel. Where can they find you? Uh, they can find me uh, Twitter. Uh, Instagram, Daniel Rosari. You can Google me. There's there's bound to be something. Yeah. And oh, and the new stuff that you're doing for the Holy West stuff is looks awesome. Oh yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm posting a little bit more Holy West work. I'm very excited to get that book done. It'll it'll probably still be a couple months before we can get a full uh, update. That it'll be good to bring Seth in for that. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I'm incredibly, I'm feeling like creatively re-energized these past mm-hmm. few weeks. Um, I've been too, man. Finally well, like working the on the last few days. The last few weeks have been terrible, but the last few days I'm with you. Yeah, the last few days for me as well. Like because things feel pretty good right now. Because come on, man, it's a new world. Yeah, fucking new president, <laughs> new everything. We're we're in, we're in Joe Biden's world now. Yes, yeah, this is Joe Biden's America. All that all that toxic shit is for Trump. That that's his America. And uh, so, yeah, you could follow the show at Flintalo on Twitter. Uh, that's where, you know, we'll do great things like a great joke sometimes every once in a while. Uh, also, we'll let you know when these episodes come out. We have a great admin on that account. That's completely impartial. It's and a third. The, it's the a, it's actually our intern. Yes. It's our intern. Yeah, he, he runs the account. It's not it's not me. It's not Daniel. It's an impartial third party. And uh, he's very fair. He's very yeah, cool. Everything they say is He graciously let factual. me use the account, obviously, when I got suspended from Twitter. Yeah. It's very nice. But otherwise, it's, it's yeah. And uh, you could check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash mexflintayo. Uh, we're actually, we're, we're starting to get some traction on there, which is very nice, you know, that it's able oh, to make it easy to have on guests and, uh, you know, talk we about. Did a, we did a live stream this week. uh for the inauguration and if that's something that you liked uh probably consider getting in on the patreon because that's where that's where we're thinking about doing them yeah we're thinking about oh, yeah. doing some extra live streams for for patreon people that'll be like sort of private videos that will be on the thing but that'll be on the patreon but not on on here and uh you know we're, we got we got some stuff cooking we still need to do our flintalio supreme but that's coming too and um yeah also, leave us some iTunes reviews because those are always great. I want to know what people are thinking. And uh, you can follow me at Ramon Villalobos, but I don't know why you would. I'm losing followers every day because I just tweet about basketball and politics. You're just, you're just keeping it too real. I'm, yeah, people don't like my outlaw sensibilities. And uh, anyways, yeah, that's the show. Thank you very much, uh, August, again, for coming on. And take it away. Thank you for having me. Yeah, awesome. Th- take it away. Hell yeah, babies. Hell yeah, babies.